0: Hey everyone! Welcome to Game Face episode 131. People, we are less than 24 hours away from E3 2018. Can you believe it? Can you feel it? We are. Well, yeah. I mean, technically, it starts tomorrow morning with EA's press conference.
1: EA's press? Oh, I didn't know. It's tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) That's because we're not covering it. (laughs) Getting that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah
0: um our e3 pl- uh, cover coverage skev- schedule is up on sifted right now you can find it right on the homepage. should be pinned to the top of everybody's sifts right now uh, we will talk about it a little, bit, a little bit later in the show exactly what we're going to do i will let you know right off the top of the show we are not doing ea's press conference live tomorrow um we'll obviously be curating all the stuff and we'll have the live stream up on the site but matt and i are not going to be doing live commentary for ea uh, that's that's our punishment for EA for trying to yeah, extend EA, E3 and EA did
1: not receive the live commentary item out of their loot box they bought from us so they don't <laughs> they don't get to have it this year I actually went back and watched uh, a little bit of our
0: best of E3 E3 wrap up episode from last year and uh, it's pretty funny to look at like the suggestions that you and I gave because we start the show with just our general impressions of the show and how we think they should do to change it, and, like, none of it happened. Like, (laughs) seriously, we were complaining about how EA tried to extend it a day last year, and Mm -hmm. they did it again this year. Well,
1: because they don't consider this E3. Right. It's it's EA play. It's It's there, Yeah, right. It's not. E3 just happens to coincidentally occur elsewhere in the city. They're
0: basically just scabs on the rest of the industry, because they know all these people are coming to town for E3. Right. And they're like, oh, well, all these other people will get these people to come here, and then we'll take advantage of it. Yeah, like,
1: EA is doing what we used, to, what G four we used to do when you guys did uh, the game, the, the 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 game awards, the Spike, Spike? awards, yeah. yeah. Because everyone, all the developers would fly into town, so right. we, we'd shoot our <laughs> game of the year special that week, so they could all come over and accept the awards in person.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, uh, so anyway, we're not doing EA tomorrow. It's the only press conference tomorrow, but we will have all the trailers. All the gameplay, all the details in your SIFT tomorrow. So we're kicking things off on Sunday, and we'll get to those details a little later. Um, First of all, I I saw somebody, you said someone subscribed for 12 months
1: on Twitch? Yeah, I saw Justin Horman, I think. I don't
0: even know how that's possible, folks. Justin, if you could share with everybody else how you managed to subscribe to SIFTED for a year. I feel like that's not through the Prime thing, though. Uh, I feel like
1: that's a specific...
0: Oh, well, if that's the case, thank you very much, Justin Horman. Um, folks who are watching this on YouTube, if you can't afford to help us on our Patreon, you can still help us. You can give us a free $2.50 per month uh, through through Twitch Prime. It's very easy to set up. All you got to do is click one button on our player on our page, and we are twitch.tv siftedgames. Just go there, click the button. You can give us a free $2.50. So if you enjoy our content, you enjoy Pactor Factor, <laughs> you can't afford to contribute anything to our Patreon. $2.50, mm. $2.50 free every month, and it adds up really fast for us. So we really appreciate it. If you could literally take the one minute to click a button for us, it would be really yeah. awesome. So
1: And Bats Bat Guys just did that. Did what? Subscribe through Twitch Prime. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much,
1: everybody. Thanks just for a, everyone who's doing it. And Justin Horman says, how is it possible? Yeah, I pay money. <laughs> so he just <laughs> plunked yeah. down money. He tack. just plunked down money.
0: Thank you it, yeah. very much, Justin. Appreciate it, brother. Um, we have a huge show today, and so we don't want to spend too much time dilly dallying around. Uh, we have Several games we're gonna talk about. We have uh, E3 previews for pretty much all the big 30-party publishers. So let's just get right to it. We're gonna kick things off with a game we talked about last week, but I had not had a chance to play a ton of it. And that game is Vampire. And you
1: couldn't talk about it, really? Yeah,
0: and it was very weird. Like, I, I realized at the end of the show People were saying, oh, you're going to have to cut that segment. So when I, I went back and watched it, and there maybe were a couple things
1: where I. Mm, you might have tipped a hand. Here yeah, there, still.
0: But. I did the best that I could. It was not easy to talk about a game without sharing your opinion. Now all the chains are off. We can talk about this game as much as we want. I have continued to play it. I'm about, I'm, I'm guessing I'm about 12 to 15 hours in. I'm behind you, because I was mm-hmm. watching you play it over here before we started the show, so I'm not as far as you are. Yeah, I'm in like the middle of Chapter 4, right yeah. now, of, of 6, I believe. I had, I had just started Chapter 4 whenever I turned mm-hmm. it off. And the reason I turned it off, I did stall on this game for a couple reasons. One is E3. Um, right. This week, first of all, we have published more original content on Sifted than we ever have. I have been a working fool this entire week, trying to squeeze in Vampire when I can. And the other part of it, too, is that I just... I stopped enjoying Vampire to a great... I still liked it, but I, mm-hmm. I, when I first played it, I liked it a lot. As time has gone on, I started enjoying it less. Uh, and for me, the big hang-up with the game is the the combat system. Um, I know a lot of times we disagree with the Metacritic score on games, or we'll talk about the Metacritic score and say why we... Maybe mm-hmm. don't agree with it. This is actually one game where I do pretty much agree with the Metacritic. It's sitting at like a seven point five or something like that, mm-hmm. and to me, that sounds about right.
1: Yeah, it's about right. Um, I'm still going. I actually like it quite a bit um, for what it is. Uh, I think most of it is just is fine. It's a it's that's a, a good way to describe it. It's fine. a European action RPG and all the good and bad that implies. Yeah. Um, I think if you've played uh, Mars Warlogs and or the Technomancer, you kind of know what you're getting into here. Yeah. Uh, the The combat has a little less oomph to it than those games. Yeah. Like, Technomancer at least had a pretty good feel when you whack people with the staff. Yeah. Um, this is a little a little uh, mushier, I guess you say. I can't say. figure out what it
0: is. I can't figure out if it's the sound effects aren't just right or aren't firing in time. Sound effects are a little...
1: Um, they're a little... Uh, I don't know, anemic, ironically enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a problem where, like, it's it can be tough to tell how, like, the range, how close you are yeah. uh, to, to the character. And the bad guys have that problem, too. Like, they miss you, even when I'm not, like, dodging or trying to move away. Like, sometimes they'll just miss me. Like, they, yeah. they start their attack too far away. So, clearly, it's, it's a problem on both ends. Yeah. And, um... But I think it's fine. Like, I can I can do the dance pretty well with it. I can, you know, get through some boss battles without getting touched. Like, clearly, I mean, I'm not going to favorably or really even seriously compare it to Dark Souls. But whoever designed the combat system has played Dark Souls. Tr- he or like, she has
0: tried to. Yeah,
1: it's there. The dodging effect is there. The iframes during the dodging is, is in play. It's very stamina meter driven. Uh, upgrading your stamina meter is the most valuable thing you can do early yeah. on, and really through the whole game. Like, that's yep. the first thing I maxed out was my stamina, because that determines what you can do in combat. Or can't do. Because <laughs> um, there's a lot of times early on in the game where you just get exhausted yeah. in the middle of a big fight. And the trick is, I mean, the real upshot of it is like the game's real easy. It is um, really easy, yeah. I've died uh, twice. Uh, the first time was because I just didn't know what I was getting into, yeah. and the second time was the first actually difficult boss, or not difficult, but like the first boss where like, oh, this is, because one of the things is like, you have a level, and you're, and the enemies have levels, but they don't really mean a whole lot. Like, yeah. I was beating level 18 guys when I was level 7, right? and like, yeah, they'd hurt a lot if they hit me, but they weren't hitting they me. They can't and, you know, hit it. you. Yeah. yeah, and you, you're, if you upgrade your weapons enough, your weapon damage is independent of your level, so like, as long as you've upgraded your weapon... Um, especially if you have a weapon that can drain blood when yeah. you hit things with it, like, you're basically just going. Like, you're well, good. You can, then you can use your vampire skills a yeah. lot more because and they're like, governed by the blood meter. And, uh, which I don't, I don't use the vampire skills much except for uh, the the heal when I yeah. get hit and uh, the leap to close distance. I use them for boss um, fights because it's an easy way to take a huge chunk of health off. Yeah, I just, I, I just it. It just needed. lowers the time that it takes Less to time finish spent. the boss battle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I think some of it's pretty cool. Like, and now I'm like later in the game, and like, there's you know, like early on you're just fighting little like kind of scab vampires, and like guys with torches in the street and now yeah. i'm a fighting like six guys at a time and there's dudes with staffs that can like you know, with crosses on them that can like send out light that like right. drains your stamina and blinds you and like guys have flamethrowers and i mean it, it, it the combat's more interesting now that i have to dance around all these other guys and, and sometimes they're fighting other vampires and like right. and it, it gets it gets crazier as you move on especially if you're if you're not healing people like the the, the npcs and they're getting sicker and the the status of the neighborhoods going down, and now, like, it's critical level, and, like, there's just monsters everywhere. Like, uh, like I dig it. Like, I dig how that all kind of comes together. Um, and the funny yeah, thing is... Yeah, there was, is
0: some cause and effect.
1: Yeah, some. Like, it's... Not a lot, though. The thing is, like, like most of the... So, like, it's I'd say it's, like, that half combat, half dialogue, for the most part, and, like... A lot of running around, a lot of talking to people, a lot oh, yeah. of talk to this person, find this out about it, other person, run back to the other person, talk to them about it. Um, and the voice acting is very good, uh, but the presentation is terrible. Um, like the the facial animation is not amazing, like the the (laughs) angle. I think you're being kind by calling it not amazing. It uses the kind of the the Mass Effect style conversation system, but the problem is it doesn't direct the conversation like with the camera the way Mass Effect does. The camera is always bad. The camera is just sort of sitting there and it's sort of (laughs) kind of slightly off center with your character. You can only your see like a, a quarter of yeah. your character's face. But like yeah. your character you're talking to is often not centered properly in the camera. Yeah. And I don't mean centered, but like like framed right. Yeah, frame. I mean, I and there's no way to get it right. Camera. And you can't no see your character's face uh, usually. And you can't I just don't like sometimes you're and sometimes it. it's just like you're like, you know, if you're in the wrong place when you talk to somebody and this happens in the bar you go to early on a lot. Uh, there's just a wooden pole in the middle of it, or like another NPC wanders in and just kind of sort of moonwalks around yeah. behind them for a while. <laughs> yeah. like, like it's um, it's rough and it's got that, that Euro jank that people talk about. Now, that's um, a good
0: way to describe it. It is Euro jank. Yeah. But
1: uh, but there is like you know it's it's impossibly British. Um, you know I think I think most of the I looked it up on IMDb most of the actors seem to be British stage actors and BBC like drama actors. Like there's a lot of people on. Uh, there's some Downton Abbey people. There was some uh, Broadchurch people, I think. Um, so, and, and that, that plays, the, you can see that. So the, the one thing that I think is weird in the voice acting is the way that the conversation system works is when you meet somebody, you have basic questions you can ask them. And as you find out more about them, you unlock hints about right. them. So the yeah. hints let you talk to them about other subjects they also make their blood more valuable in XP. And sometimes and you get the
0: hints from other people. Yeah. They, you have like, a conversation like with somebody you, else, yeah, you want to give you a hint people. about someone else. And then you go to that person, and then
1: that new option is unlocked in their conversation yeah. tree. And like you can do that. Or you can find letters that tell you things about people. Like You're very Snoopy, really, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like any RPG It's character. almost like an investigative game. Yeah. Really. You're, you yeah. snoop around, and you steal everybody's money from their cabinets while they while they invite you yeah. in their house. And there you go. <laughs> Just like a vampire, yeah. it steals all your shit. <laughs> um, and uh, the, th- the weird thing is like when you ask, so when you talk to people it's pretty normal, but then when you, when you select like one of the blue, which is the, the hint options or blue conversation options, almost every time Jonathan, your character, the way he says it, the tone is all wrong. He's like, not a nice he's, guy. He's very yeah. forceful about uh, it, and it's like if, even for things that don't make any sense for that to be. It's it's um, like like you'll talk to this one patient in the hospital, and like he'll tell. He's a very he's an injured worker, and he talks about how his wife died from something like before the war, and da, 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 da. And then like when you find out that his wife is dead, you have the option to ask him about what happened, and if you pick the option, you know, what, tell me about how your wife died, and then Jonathan goes goes. Tell me about your wife's death, Mister. F- it's like whoa! <laughs> like hey, he's interrogating it. Like, like, yeah, yeah, like it's very forceful and sort of. It's like it, it's um like the way all the all the hint dialogue start startup things are delivered feel like like the actor was instructed to deliver it the, like like okay, you got him. Yeah, like yeah. you, you, you found out, like you got, you nailed him. But it's like, yeah, but yeah. it's like, you just no, found out you're his dead. trying to show some dead. sympathy. Like you, yeah, yeah <laughs> you, you just want to talk to him more and get to know him. And like, and sometimes they're, yeah, the activist sometimes it's just, it's just like, it's like, admit it, you have a headache. It's just like, okay, yeah, like, okay, sure. Yeah. It keeps, it reminds me of, um, it reminds me of uh, L.A. Noir where they yeah, changed, it was like that too, they yeah. changed the, like the, I think the, the buttons you could use in the conversations were like truth, doubt, and, and lie. Yeah. And, they change the button names at the last minute, and like right before, like you see like, like beta footage, and like the the doubt one is force, right. I think it yeah, was. Yeah. So it's like it's more like you're playing bad cop kind of yeah, thing, yeah. which is why sometimes you'd be you'd be seeing things where like, um, oh like you know you'd, you'd be like talking to someone and like you think you think oh I don't think that's quite the truth about. He's it. like oh we just didn't weren't getting along. And like you'll say like doubt. And, and then Cole would be like, like admit it, you were fucking. And over here in the, in the motel, I'm like, whoa, Cole, Cole, <laughs> hey, we're trying to just doubt, we just aren't sure. What yeah. the, so, it, so there's a couple, you know, in a game that's so conversation based and character driven, it's a little jarring. I would even happens. say maybe
0: converse, if you actually clocked the time you spent playing this game, I might actually say that.
1: You spend more time in conversations and stuff than you do in combat. I think you probably do, uh, although mine was a little my game time's a little skewed because I didn't figure out how to, how to sprint until about halfway oh, through chapter until about halfway through <laughs> chapter three. So I was just sort of jogging wow. everywhere. The game and does it does
0: not do a good job of telling you. No. And so I actually went in and looked at like the mappings.
1: I played for the first 30 minutes without knowing there was a sprint. Yeah. I, and I, I saw it. I was like, oh, my gosh, there's a run button. But then I you actually, don't even run that Well, fast. I actually found out because I looked something up online about a thing I couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure out how to get out of a certain area. Everything was locked. And I yeah. couldn't figure out how to get. I clearly had to get there because the story told me to go there. But I couldn't figure it out. So I looked it up online very hard to find information online. Like, not a lot of people talking about this game or making strategy videos or anything. But I found, like, a little thing that was, like, a list of, like, things you should know about Vampire. And, like, one of them was, like, how do I sprint? I'm like, what? <laughs> you can sprint? You can sprint? It? And yeah. to be honest, I don't use it all that much because it just drains your stamina. Kills your stamina, And, like, yeah. and, like it doesn't, you don't actually move that much faster. And it's, it, it makes the frame rate go completely wonky on the Xbox One X. Yeah, and not um, just on that. I mean, the, the, technically, this game
0: has a lot of problems. Yeah. It
1: runs not well yeah but it is sort of like you know we talk about um and not just us but we talk about that kind of thing about how there's no b-list games anymore like there's no like mid-tier games yeah and this is a mid-tier game it is like this is definitely sort of the kind of thing that nobody makes anymore and i and i appreciate it for that and the, the story the story definitely has some merit like it's if you like kind of the vampire gothic sort of uh I mean, everybody's impossibly British in this game. Yeah, like the, yeah. the Jonathan, like, you come to you come to a, like a, a gate, and he's like, it's locked, locked up tight. And I'm like, you can turn it a miss, dude. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen you do it. And he's like, no, it's locked. I'm like, video game. It's like what? It would be rude. Like, I've seen you teleport yeah. through things. They can just go through the. no, there's not going to do that. That would be wrong. Eating this man is fine, but going through that lock gate and somebody somebody <laughs> I mean I think they, they try to kind of explain it as like, oh vampires can't enter if they aren't invited. Aren't invited. but yeah. it's like you've never you never get invited in you to just eventually, you yeah. just eventually <laughs> go around the back and open it that's, that's not the same thing as being invited in
0: yeah Here, one thing I would say, and I agree with you, this is kind
1: of a b tier game, although I think it's is it full price? Um, I think it's full price on consoles, but it's 49.99 on PC for oh, some reason 10 dollars cheaper. Um, we we talk
0: about something else that's hard to quantify on the show. Sometimes we talk about how some games do or do not have a soul, mm-hmm. and I would say this game absolutely does have a soul. Yeah,
1: I think you can definitely feel that. Like the people who made this game really wanted to make this game. Yeah, um, it's. I think it's a yeah. really good vampire game, which we do not yeah, get. it's not a lot of good vampire game. Of. It is not Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines. No, no. but. I think it's in the same family. Yeah, like it's, absolutely. It's clearly influenced by that. There is a lot of terminology that makes me think that the people who made this are vampire, the masquerade fans. Oh yeah, um, uh, they probably wouldn't have made it if they weren't. Fans. Yeah, I mean they use the embrace and all that mm-hmm. kind of things. Uh, there is sort of a masquerade idea going on, and um, it's it's uh, you know there's a lot of vampire politics later on in the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it, it's not something I would say is as good as Bloodlines. It's not as well crafted, and I mean, Bloodlines was janky as hell too. But it's been patched up by fan patches right. to be a pretty great game now. Um, but there's not the freedom of of Cho- you know, like in... Uh, of anything, Right. Really. In Bloodlines, you have the thing where, oh, if you play a Nosferatu, you're stuck in the sewers, you can't go up, you know, that right. changes the game completely. If you play a Malkavian, you're you're crazy and all your dialogue choices are weird. And so, you know, like, there's nothing like that. Nah. Um, and there's, there's ta- you know, you can just choose what to do, whether to, to, to you know, base- and there's no difficulty level. Like, when we talk about how easy it is, yeah. like... The difficulty level, as the game implies, is if you want the game to be easier, uh, kill more people. Like like NPC, like you're supposed to mesmerize them, take them away, and drink their blood, and you get XP from that, and you can upgrade faster. Right. But I haven't killed anyone except the first guy they offered to kill me. It comes like, oh, it wants me to kill him? It's like, oh, wait, that was a th- okay, and then you can't go back because it autosaves. I have not but killed like, anybody, but and basic, I have walked through the game, so you do not need yeah, you to don't kill need to kill do humans
0: at all in order to level up enough to get through the game. No, not at I all. I can't imagine how easy it would be if I had been doing that.
1: It must be it's just a, just, just <laughs> it must waltzing. be a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, so that's not yeah. You know, so that's not really an issue. There is an achievement for uh, finishing the game without killing anybody. Yeah. Um, killing NPCs like you kill people in the street in the you know generic you know thugs in combat yeah, constantly. Yeah. Um, but, but there's a difference between doing that and right. feasting on. If you can have a conversation with them, yeah, you have an option. Right. And really, the only ba- they really only the only major changes that happen to the game world are based around the pillars, which are. Um, there's four areas of the city, and each city has what's, you know this bunch of people there, but there's also a pillar, which is like the most important person that holds that whole community together, which is funny because there's four pillars. And in the vampire, uh, the vampire series *Legacy of Kain*, they were the pillars of Nazgoth. Interesting. Um, which I'm, I'm like, sure they played all vampire oh yeah. games, getting ready for this one. So my 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 uh, *Legacy of Cain sense went off when I saw everyone's a yeah. pillar of the community. Oh, I see. So like, if you take someone who's a pillar out, like it very strongly affects what's happening in that in that borough or that district, and uh, stuff can go real wrong real fast. Um, but that's kind of part of the fun is like seeing you know I decided to do this to this guy because he was a monster and now uh, you know there's there's like there's like one guy who like um, if you do what you think the right choice is it turns out very very badly for everybody who lives there and if you do what seems like the monstrous choice everyone comes out much healthier yeah Um, and the decision
0: making is not
1: Clear cut. No, and and you you know the hints that let you like you know know people more and get better blood out of them. Like you can make the wrong decision and say the wrong thing to them and lock hints out and never get yeah. that character match. I would like out, to so. see more of that though in the game than there is. Yeah, it's um, it really doesn't feel like you're making choices that, that make a difference more than about once a chapter. Yeah, I would say, uh, which is fine. I mean, you know, it's not better like, than nothing, right? It's not, but it's not like um. It's not like Life is Strange. Their previous game where like every scene you felt like you were doing something that was, did. It, it it was did gonna come back on, on you and it right. did matter. Yeah. I like, go. You know, that that there's not as much like, you know, blank will remember that kind right. of stuff happening, yeah. like in a telltale game, I guess. Yeah. Um but I enjoy it. Like I, I, I it's actually I've more, enjoyed it. I just got so
0: busy that I ended up having
1: to say, okay, do I wanna spend more time on
0: Vampire or do I wanna get E three prep done, pre E three content out and I was not having enough fun with Vampire to convince myself to sacrifice the time I could spend working because any hour I played Vampire this week was another hour I was going to stay up that night. Right.
1: But if you're if you're not running your own website, yeah, exactly. um, I feel like this is a pretty good use of your time if you're if you're willing to uh, put up with some lower than God of War production values (laughs) here and there. Um, That's an understatement. But uh, I mean, I think. How much would you pay for it, Matt? I would I would pay forty for it.
0: I'd yeah. be cool with forty bucks.
1: Forty is a good price for this. Yeah. Um. I mean, I paid sixty. But yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um. But I think i, I would be comfortable recommending it to anyone interested in, in in it, uh, into that that subject matter and the vampire thing and the. And if the time you like, setting. look. At, if you like, if you're into vampires, just buy it. Yeah.
0: Because there are no other choices out there. This is it. Mm-hmm. I mean. How long has it been since we had a good, even a good vampire game? Yeah, and if it's you been like, a long time. if you
1: like that kind of like gothic sort of yeah. romantic vampire thing, like it's gonna do. I it's mean, probably worth My full girlfriend's price. been playing it a lot instead of you know anything that takes her away from Overwatch. <laughs> is Impressive. Yeah. If she likes vampires and kind of the gothic, you know, she loves the original Bram Stoker Dracula and all that. And this seems to be. Uh, pleasing her. So, I could see um, that. Absolutely. So I think if, if you know, it's, it's more about the subject matter than whether you want to play a badass vampire combat game, because that's not what this is. Yeah. It's very much, uh, you know, the combat's there to keep you going and keep you, you know, leveling up or like, you know, and getting crafting components. God, there's a lot of crafting in this yeah. game. Um, although I never felt like I was like deprived of components. I felt Again, like it, I didn't want you deprived. I didn't really need to craft that much either. Well, I craft like a lot they gave of me new weapons enough that like I didn't really need to upgrade them a lot. To Most get of my crafting is uh, crafting uh, disease remedies for yeah, all yeah. the people Cures in town because yeah. like they constantly get sick because it's victor not Victorian London it's uh, post World War One London, which means
0: it's right after the Spanish Flu or it's whatever. It's during the Spanish yeah. Flu, yeah,
1: which is a clever a clever setting choice to explain why there's almost nobody in the streets. Yeah, yeah, um, we know why for real though. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's it's. Um, it's it's probably better than it should be yeah but it's, that doesn't mean it's amazing like 7.5 is a pretty pretty you know in, in you in the in the 7 to 10 scale right is uh is a pretty About fair right. fair option and like yeah. again if you if you have uh like if you if you're a player who's like you know been through like stuff like the technomancer like you know you know what you're getting into here i played that whole game
0: all sixty some hours. Also, also <laughs> a long game. Like Every, this, you yeah. know, this is this
1: is not like a quick like oh it's a yeah. th- it's a four hour or whatever. whatever yeah. this ain't life. It's strange. This no. is not like a quick uh, let's get through the narrative and we're done five hours later thing. This is a, a full fledged action RPG. It's a commitment, absolutely. Yep. Uh, and there's no fast travel. No, nope. for some reason. I uh, mean, I I wouldn't
0: expect it that much because it is kind of a linear game. It's not an open world game. I would say it's an open world. I mean. Game.
1: I mean there's a it, big it's a big I
0: guess technically it is. The level design isn't what most people expect from an game. No, open there's a lot game. of
1: places well not certainly not a modern one. Like there yeah. there was a time when open world games did lock off a bunch of the world from you until you progressed a certain amount in the story, and then yeah. at a certain point people got sick of that and I think Assassin's Creed finally learns like, okay, just let people go where they want to go and they'll figure it out. But there's like moments where like, you know there's side quests in this game that send you all over the place and sometimes it's a place that the story stuff already happened in and if you got to go to southwark you gotta run you gotta all go the all the way up over down the southwark bridge all the way down south over there you got to figure out where that thing and then you gotta go all the way back and like there's yeah. and it's you know that's like a 10 minute trip
0: and the quest markers aren't the most accurate in this game. Like? No, they
1: like to send you to a place and be like, Okay, it's somewhere. Yeah. Go and then duck. they don't
0: tell you whether it's above you or below you either. There's no visual oh. indicator.
1: There's a there's a little arrow. Oh, I didn't even notice yeah, that. There's a little, little tiny arrow over the icon. Oh, I that. But didn't like notice. usually when you get close enough to something to be in its area, it disappears. It disappears and yeah. it just says, Oh, it's around here somewhere. You know, yeah. so like you gotta figure it out. Um I feel like I feel like it wasn't like super holding my hand through a lot, but I got stuck a few times like trying to figure out where it wanted me to be or what yeah, I was looking me for. Too. But um, it was pretty good. I still don't know what I'm supposed to do to save that damn flower in my office. <laughs> like, there's an achievement for it, too. It's like, and like 0.06 people have it or something. Yeah. Well, the funny thing was when this
0: month started, we did Dossier, which goes through all the games that are coming out for every platform for that month. It's not a great month for games. Um, so I could see myself once kind of the E3 insanity dies down, I could see myself going back and, and coming back to this game and finishing it. Right now, there's just bigger fish to fry with E3, mm-hmm. literally, starting tomorrow.
1: Yeah, so. there's not a whole lot
0: coming out this month, I guess. Nothing big, really. We'll talk about another one here in a minute that's coming out this month. I thought there was,
1: there was one thing I was looking forward to later the in Crew the month. The Crew 2 comes out this month. Eh, there was something, that's probably the biggest game of the I month. I would say so. There was some, There was something right after... E3 that I was like, oh, I'm ex- I'm, in- I'm looking forward to that. Now I, don't I can't. Know. Now I can't remember what it was. So you can <laughs> it must not in. be that you great. See how high priority <laughs> yeah, that was. Exactly. For me. Yeah. But there's something right after E3 that I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to that. And the Crew Two maybe. Yeah. I kind of want to play it at E3. That's so coming like, pretty much right after E3. It's like the I think it's like June 30th or something like that. I thought it was a 20-something for the It's the, the Crew very. Two. It's a last. The last release day in June. Oh, oh it's really? The last I thought day. it was in a 20. It's right at the end. Interesting. We got to move on. We have too
0: much show to get to today, but I think you got a good idea between last week's show and today uh, how we think about va- or what we think about Vampire. So um, I would buy it for forty bucks if you're a vampire person.
1: I'd be okay. Yeah, Or I mean, not you're a vampire person. Like one of my other friends who's playing it is uh, a um, he teaches like Victorian and early twentieth century English lit. Yeah, and like he loves it. Yeah, I can so, see like, that. Absolutely. I mean, it's like if it's, if if you look at that and you're like, this is my re- wheelhouse, like. I feel like you're going to be happy with it one way or the other, no matter what you pay for it. But if you're just sort of looking for an action RPG and you kind of like vampires, you're like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, wait. I wait. I think you're going to get a pretty good price on it in about six months. I don't know if you have to wait that maybe long. not even that long. Yeah. You, you might, you might be down in the $22 range already in three months. Like wait a way out is right. Which I called. Yeah, you did. Absolutely. All right. So here we go. We're going to talk about
0: our first third party publisher for our E3 previews. We're going to talk about Ubisoft. Um, Quickly becoming, if it hasn't been already, my favorite third-party publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Bethesda certainly is up there. Um, I think Ubisoft probably outranks Bethesda for me just because UB puts more stuff out. Yeah, quantity is much higher. Although I appreciate Bethesda's first, you know, single-player commitment. So that's, yeah. a, that's a coin flip in some ways. I yeah. Guess. Uh,
0: but Ubisoft looking to have a pretty big E3. Uh, when I was grabbing like, okay, what games do we know about from each publisher? Yubi undoubtedly had the biggest list of games that we already know about. Yubi's also notorious for debuting stuff at his press conference that we had no
1: idea about. Remember
0: mm-hmm. uh, Mario Plus Rabbids last mm-hmm. year? Kind and of. In
1: some cases, we never see again.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Skull and Bones. Yeah. Maybe one of those games. We'll see. Uh, let's start talking about Division 2. Probably will be Ubisoft's
1: biggest game.
0: I'm guessing that's
1: like the one that gets the most hype. Yeah, on the I definitely stage. would expect that to be the thing they push hardest.
0: It'll I think it'll get the most screen time during Ubisoft's press conference at mm-hmm. least.
1: Um, we've talked about Division 2 before. Anything that you want to add? Mm, I just I'm curious where it is set and what they're going to do with the concept because like for I thought, yeah, I liked the Division quite a bit. I played played it to com- the full yeah, completion. I
0: spent like 30 40 hours on I it. But
1: it's like It got real repetitive and real kind of dull, and I feel like uh, Dark Zone has to be Battle Royale now. Yeah. And um, I wonder where they're going to put it. Is it going to still be in New York? Are they going to go to another city in the world? Are they going to go to another area? I'll Um, say, I mean, what I'd say about The Division is I don't feel like, I feel like
0: Ubisoft misled us a little bit with that game and promoting it before it came out. The game that I played wasn't really the game that I was expecting based upon Ubisoft's marketing for the game. mm -hmm. And it really didn't seem like over time that it really kind of
1: moved to that place no. of expectations? Well, well it's funny because like, the marketing made me real uninterested in it. Yeah. And then I played the alpha or the whatever the, the beta they put up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And I played, it like the, I played it and I enjoyed it. And then I was done. Well, you didn't realize that what you
0: did in that beta was what you ended up doing for the entire length of the game. And again, right. like you, I played it to the end. I finished the game, tried to spend some time in the dark zone as well. But what I thought the game was going to be based upon the initial trailers and its first E3 show—remember the whole bullshot trailer where they had like the fake mm-hmm. voiceover and everything going—I um, was really excited for that game after seeing that demo. And I feel like what I ultimately got never lived up to that.
1: Well, I, I, I think most of a lot of, it, especially if you played the PC version, it did somewhat live up to it in terms of like what they showed in that trailer where they were showing like you know the the card disintegrate and all that stuff. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. It does it's not relevant to the gameplay. Like, I just got tired of fighting the same enemies over yeah. and over and over
0: again. It just felt like, hey, this is this mission is an excuse for you to go fight the same thugs again mm-hmm. and again and again. Yeah,
1: they just So I'd like to see some variety. A little more variety would be good.
0: And I'd like- also like to see whatever territory they decide the game is set in, I would like to see the actual ability to like take over the whole thing. Because with like their marketing for the first game, it was like take back New York, and it's like no, really, you're just taking back a little part of like Manhattan here. Like, what happened mm. to the other four boroughs? Like, I think Brooklyn eventually was in DLC.
1: Yeah, I think so. But like, most just, of like it, a little part of it. Most of it was just like sewers. Yeah, and I, like it was weird because I was like, oh, well, they did the lower half of Manhattan. You could like just slowly expand all the way up the the island, and they just didn't. Yeah. Like, I thought Central Park would be a nice, kind of like, you know, you could build a whole expansion around around Central Park and kind of the different terrain that that would create, like, the opportunity to make it a, a, a very different way to play the game. Yeah. And uh, it just didn't happen. And instead, they said, you know, the sewers, which is like the most boring thing you can do in a video game. Yep. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Skull and Bones. That game has
0: already been delayed. I'm kind of guessing it's not going to be here this year. I think it is going to be at E3. I think yeah. they said it's delayed into next year, but it would be at E3. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I remember anyway. I, I could be wrong. Um, are you excited for for this game after Sea of Thieves? Well, I'm not going to. Or are you more excited for it now because
1: of Sea of Thieves? I, don't, I just don't consider it in Sea of Thieves to be the same thing. It's yeah, just they're not going for the same thing. It's pirate boat combat, whatever. But, like, it's not, you know. Like, Sea of Thieves is not historically driven, it's not, yeah. you know, it's more, you know, multiplayer sort of, like, everybody man a cannon thing, like, I feel like Skull and Bones... It's a lot more Bones, casual. Yeah, Skull and Bones feels like it's going to be more of an extrapolation of the Assassin's Creed pirate stuff, which is yeah. cool. Um, but I just need to see what it, you know, is there a campaign, is there something for me to do as someone who doesn't really care about multiplayer stuff like yeah. that, at least not to the point that that's why, you know... Maybe that's why it was delayed. Could have been. I mean, like, For Honor is an exception for me because I just like I like the the combat systems enough of like a fighting game that I was like interested yeah. in how the multiplayer works. Um, I don't have that feeling with a ship battle game. Like, I just feel like some you know you're just gonna have people griefing each other with weird physics trajectory tricks they figure out. Um, so I'm kind of, I, I basically, I guess I need to see more about what they're doing with it. Like, what is it? What's their plan here? Because I don't think we know much about it.
0: No, they were pretty dodgy about details when it was debuted. Yeah,
1: we know a setting, and we know you'll have
0: multiplayer, and that's about it. And then, it, I mean, in a couple interviews after, kind of, they showed it, they divulged a, a few more details, but they were pretty cagey every time they talked about it. Mm-hmm. It seemed like
1: they weren't yet sure of what the final game yeah, was Yeah, it felt going like it was
0: real early. Yeah. Which... No surprise it's been delayed at this yeah, point.
1: Yeah, well, they so. showed a bunch of early stuff last year, in part because they didn't know if they'd be here next year. Right. You know, no, like, right. Yeah, yeah. They kind of blew all the stops out with that and Beyond Good and Evil and all that stuff. Yep. Uh, probably, if, if it's not The Division 2, the biggest game they'll show
0: is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. You've got the teaser where the guy just kicks the dude off the cliff, and that's pretty much all we have at this point. This is Sparta. Yeah, I mean, we know the setting and kind of the time period, but not much else. We honestly don't even know if it's coming out this year.
1: Well, this fiscal year, they said? Did they say this uh, that's, fiscal year? That's what I read. I don't know if that's true, but I read this fiscal year. Okay. Um, so, so it could be next spring. End of March at the latest, then. Yeah. Um, so maybe? I don't know. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Sure. Whenever, you, whenever <laughs> you want to give me more Assassin's Creed, I'll take it. Yeah. I'm good with that, especially after Origins. I like the Origins. I just uh, wonder if this other team, though, is as skilled as the Origins team. We'll see. I don't know who's making it. I don't know Um, which studio either. I would hope they have a pretty tight leash on how this this is happening now that they spent the time to kind of rework the series. Um, I'm also curious uh, about the main characters. Like I really like Bayek and Aya. I would not mind playing as them again. Yeah. Because there's some implication that like they kind of go off and, you know, do more and, you know, clearly Greece is a a factor in, you know, Rome is is a factor in, in Origins. So it'd be interesting to see them kind of like continue the story, you know, I think Assassin's Creed was at its strongest when they were continuing the story of Ezio over the course of, you know, a period of time. No, so. I
0: absolutely agree. I, I think sticking with one protagonist for a couple entries is mm-hmm. far better than just jumping around from yeah. one to another. Although I would
1: like to be able to play as Aya uh, uh in more than just annoying ship sections. Yeah. Um and I feel like you know, I feel like one or the other. You'll be, they'll they'll do the syndicate thing where you can choose between the male and female assassins.
0: That's also my guess. Um, but yeah, it should be a big part of their show. We shouldn't have to wait much longer to learn more. Um, Beyond good and evil, too. Talk about a game that's been. I mean, it's been in development hell for literally like a decade. It's been about three different things. Yeah, I mean, they've completely revamped it. They put out a bunch of, well, I don't even know they put it out, a bunch of gameplay leaked at one point, Mm -hmm. showing what the game used to be like, which actually looked really good. Yeah, it
1: looked fine, like Jade running around on rooftops and stuff. Yeah,
0: now it's this weird kind of sci-fi, I don't even know how to describe what it is. Well, it was always
1: sci-fi, but it just wasn't as... Obviously, so, you know, there weren't as many... I mean, there were flying cars and all that crazy stuff yeah. in the original. It just wasn't, like, the point. It wasn't the focus. Right. Um, I mean, honestly, photography was
0: kind of the, yeah. the point and the purpose of the first game.
1: I mean, I'm just interested to see what the gameplay loop is, and they seem to have that kind of this, like, interstellar kind of, you know, mechanic where you can fl- go to all these different planetary systems and stuff. I mean, it looks it looks cool. I don't know if it's going to be, like, what I want from a Beyond Good and Evil follow-up, but it looks like a cool game. I wonder, too, if Jade... Will continue to be a journalist
0: because that's what her whole thing was. She's like this journalist Mm. covering all this
1: stuff that's going on. I understood it like this is like far enough in the future that she's probably not alive anymore. Oh really? She may not even be. Why? Like I saw some. I don't remember. I don't know if it was accurate anymore, but I saw something around E3 last year where they basically said it was like two, three hundred years after the first game. Well, maybe by then the, everyone's eternal. The- yeah. Well, then also, like, who, I mean, there's all this crazy tech. You know, there could be time travel, there could be flashbacks, there could be multiple storylines kind of weaving together. Like, you don't know. How would you feel about that if Jade were not in the game? Would I mean, I'd care? still, I'd still play it because I think the world looks really cool, and I, I'm, I'm interested in what kind of what they're after here. Um, but I would, I kind of like to know what the, you know, how that all ended. I'm sure they would explain it in kind of retrospective in some way about what all it takes is or, a cinematic. Pretty much. <laughs> And, uh, you know, but who, like, like you say, we don't know how long some of these, you know, these animal hybrids live. Like, you know, Paige could still be around. Yeah. Like, you don't know.
0: Which would be weird if he's not.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it was kind of a cliffhanger they ended Yeah. On at the end of the first one. So you presume at some point you're going to find out how that. I would hope. Out. I mean, we've waited a hell of a long time to figure it out. Um, how excited are you for this? Um, pretty excited but like i would say that it's tempered by the knowledge that there's a decent chance that it's never going to come out really you know, like
0: i think at this point it is definitely coming out oh, because hope they've so. they've been consistent with putting out new media they just put out a developer doc like a week and a half ago i just
1: feel like it's really cuz you got to remember
0: out. when they showed that first cinematic trailer we didn't hear anything yeah. for forever people thought it was canceled that leaked gameplay got out I mean, and then it
1: really went radio silent for like I mean, six I years. Think it, I think it was canceled more or less. It probably and, was, and it yeah. was. The project was just resurrected a couple years ago. Yeah, that could be. Because it just seemed, from what they were saying last year, it felt like this was really early. Yeah. Um. So I would be kind of shocked to see it before next fall, not this fall, but like fall twenty nineteen. Yeah. If it's if they're on good track, you know, we'll see. But like, um, I think next next holiday season is probably exactly
0: when it's going to come out.
1: Might be their target. I don't know if it'll make it. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, when they were talking about it in interviews uh, at E3 last year, they were saying, like, we haven't really even quite figured out what the gameplay loop is yet. Yeah. So I don't know what the what the time to finish is from, like, we don't quite know what the game is to, like, you know, oh, we're pretty much done. But I, yeah. that, a year and a half seems like a, a short period for that.
0: Yeah, we put out our uh, 10 most anticipated games of E3 yesterday. And... Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 was right on the edge of that 10 for me. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I hope I'm we am really see excited it. to check it out.
1: I hope they show more and kind of give them more of an idea of what you're doing in it other than flying with a jetpack on a monkey. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I mean, not that that's a bad starting point.
0: This is pretty much all they've shown of actual in-game footage, though, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So it, it should make a big splash at E3, and I hope that it does. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Splinter Cell. Here's one thing I've realized this week the Walmart leaks were legit. Oh yeah. Once the Just Cause 4 thing came out yesterday, which mistake with steam ad ran early Mm -hmm. that like is revealing, that's like the second time that's happened in the last year. Once that came out, I was like, okay, the Walmart leak was 100% right. right. I mean, I was pretty sure when Rage 2 turned yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, Rage 2 is too random.
1: I, I'm too, to... the,
0: It's the journalist inside me that, that keeps me skeptical. It keeps
1: me from believing in stuff like that. Well, you had that. You had the new Assassin's Creed. I mean, it just, it all fell in
0: line. It did. Like, and then Just Cause 4 was like the, which also makes me believe that we're absolutely going to see...
1: Uh, Gears of War 5. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I that, think we're going to see three Gears of War games. Yeah, that, uh, that
0: Walmart leak was legit.
1: Like, all of it, I think we're going to see a Gears 5. I think we're going to see, like, a Halo Wars-style Gears RTS. And I think we're going to see a Battle Royale Gears game. Yeah. Well, you know, the rumors is that Halo
0: Infinity or whatever is what we're, they're going to show. It's not Halo 6. It's some other spin oh, Infinity. I, that'd be a classic.
1: Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's another subtitle for games that's very common. Well, it's also a subtitle for games that Bungie has used before. Yeah. That was the third Marathon game was Marathon Infinity. Right. That's right. And that game was a mind-bending trip through multiple dimensions and timelines. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Show me something cool again in Halo. Like, go crazy. Like Why like, not? Yeah. What do you got to lose at this point? Like, we've had two games of like, oh, Cortana might be rampant. It's like, yeah. well, f- do something. Figure it out. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me the opportunity to make it stop, please. Also, like, the precursor stuff, not as interesting as you think it is. Yeah. Three four three. Like, I don't yeah. know what like get me back to an interstellar war or get me back you know i don't know like yeah i I find kind of the 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 boots on the ground sort of like odst stuff more interesting at this point like the 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 weird mystical kind of like ancient alien sci-fi stuff is not particularly compelling and halo's version of it is really not very compelling so like get back to what made halo halo Speaking of getting back, let's get back to Splinter
0: Cell. So I think because of the Walmart leak, we're going to see a new Splinter Cell. Oh, yeah. Um, Matt. I did... was
1: pretty convinced of that when Michael Ironside showed up again at Ghost Recon. Yeah. I mean, why else? You didn't bring him in for like a, to record four lines. Here's my, que- here's my question. Would you prefer to see the more, I hate to use the word sterile, but that's kind of
0: what it is, the more sterile, standard version of the game that first launched with the first couple entries, or the more action, cinematic-oriented take that came later with Blacklist.
1: Um, neither. I would like to see. Are you not a fan of Splinter Cell? I was. I like the. One original. of the
0: best segments you ever did at G Four was based on Splinter Cell. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, that was partly. Steven because, Bob, right? But yeah, Splinter Cell Co op theater, but that was you know, par, that was oh, partly right. because uh, the co op mode was so freaking weird to play. Yeah. Um, but uh. I mean it was like the old version of the games were were really stiff and kind of you know sterile. You, you never quite yeah. knew when a headshot was going to work sometimes. Like it was mostly just like wow it's really pretty and the lighting's amazing cuz like a lot of it was, it was just basically trial and error. Yeah, and then like the It's like now I shoot that, this light bulb, now I go into this shadow,
0: now I creep up along the wall, now I now I take out this guy. But I
1: didn't think Blacklist really did it many favors. It felt uh, I don't know, it felt like a Mission Impossible game. It did, and absolutely. like, it just didn't feel like Splinter Cell anymore. And so I would like to see them kind of take the Splinter Cell concept and do something new with it and not just sort of fall into that same, like, oh cinematic action thing. And I don't know what that is, really, but it's not my job to know what it is. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, um, but, like, I would like to see it become something a little more... Um, I guess technical would be you know like demand a little more skill maybe a little more in the in the realm of like the old thief games you know like yeah. where you could muddle your way through but like if you really wanted to play it the way you're supposed to play it like it took some practice it took some it took some some thought I'd like to see them do something like that I don't know if they're going to cuz that's not really how UB rolls these yeah. days but like um, if they're going to make a, another Splinter Cell game, it needs to be a re- there needs to be a reason why it's a Splinter Cell game and not like say just another Watch Dogs or another Assassin's Creed. Like you got plenty of games where you can like sneak up on a guy and stab him in the Ubisoft catalog or sneak up on a guy and well, shoot him. it's kind of
0: funny because a lot of Ubisoft's IP has kind of turned into Splinter Cell. Well, yeah. I mean a lot of them have stealth mechanics in them.
1: Yeah, I mean the Splinter Cell DNA has Falling down oh, the yeah. family tree at Ubisoft. Well, I'm like having Sam Fisher pop up in Go- the Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because you are kind of doing that. And that I mean, yeah. it's squad based, and there's only you know, firefights can get much bigger and louder in that game. But like, it, you know, when you're sneaking into the into the compound and trying to like get you know get what you need before without alerting it, like it feels very much like Splinter Cell. Yep, it does. So they're going to need to find a way to make that work that doesn't make it feel like a re- repetition of the other games they make. But it's funny because it's the original. Right. Really the other games have taken those elements
0: from it, but now you're right, we're at a place where Splinter Cell needs to reinvent itself because those elements have trickled down into so many other franchises. What
1: I would really like to see is a new is like kind of a new twist on the you know the spies and guards multiplayer they did yeah you know, where, i forgot about that where yeah. like the it kind of and it was an early version early of asymmetric multiplayer where like the both sides had completely different abilities and different goals but like it all kind of worked together um yeah I, I think they could do something pretty cool with that now yeah um they could do something really cool with that if they kind of put their heads put their heads down and kind of figure out okay how do we do this but also kind of incorporate the battle royale idea yeah um I think Ubisoft is going to be a, a battle royale machine. For a of I don't years. think they're going to be alone in that one. No. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk next about Avatar. Matt, you're a big
0: film guy. Do you think mm-hmm. this game is going to be shown at E3? No, no, no. That
1: game, the movie's too far out. When is the movie coming out? You've mentioned it before, but that's I forgot. December 2020. 2020. The new, new Avatar well, we're game halfway is halfway
0: through 2018,
1: and maybe we, they do show it. No, no way in hell no possible. ubisoft did show beyond good and
0: evil too like 10 years this ago. isn't up to them
1: this is up to james cameron and james cameron is not going to have the first glimpse of avatar 2 be of a video game over. no you're right it's not going to happen i mean he might get up and do another 20 minute monologue with no b-roll like he did for avatar one but <laughs> we ain't not we are not going to see avatar 2. when do you think we'll get the first look at the film uh early 2020. oh really that's a I mean, teaser teaser for that would probably come out around march that year I would say we'd probably get our first look at the Ubisoft game in that E3, E3 2020, and the movie comes out December 2020. Okay. That makes sense. So you don't think we'll see any Avatar? Not a chance in hell. Okay. Um, why do we have a trailer already This developer doc for it, though? Because they're trying to keep Avatar alive in your, in your mind. Okay. Because, look, Avatar made 2.9, 2800000000 billion. It's really insane. Ask anyone to quote it. Yeah, I know. There's Avatar not a quote Avatar was a theme park ride. You yeah. went and you saw all these amazing things in three D, and you came out and it went right out of your head because it was a completely forgettable story. Yeah. Uh, the only things I really remember from it are uh, when Sigourney Weaver's cat body says, "Oh, look how hot I am." Yeah. And when the mech pulls out the giant combat knife, which was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I thought that was awesome, though. And uh, oh, and the uh, the only other—I mean, I, I think it was a really weak movie. I think it was a very weak film. It was one of Cameron's least. What I found with that movie, though, it's on
0: HBO right now. I have found that if I'm skipping around and there's nothing on and I come to that... I will start watching it, and I will watch it almost to the end. I haven't seen it since I saw it in a theater. Really? I just don't care. I bought Ooh. it on Blu-ray because I had a 3D TV, and I wanted to have like it, something to
1: show people when they come it If over I want to see that story, I'll just watch Fern Gully again, because <laughs> that's what it, it is. It is pretty much the same. And, um, and the, other, the only other image in that movie that that I remember very well was um, when they're when the mil- when the aliens marines are blowing up the tree, and it just cuts back to the evil military guy sipping a mug of coffee i'm like that's a cool that's a cool vigil. I, I i dig that like he's just sort of it's just, it's just his office it's right. just it's just his day he's, he's like oh we're just wiping out indigenous people yeah I'm like mm, not enough <laughs> sugar it's like that's cool i mean it's, it's yeah. cartoonish but it, but i like it um but yeah so avatar 2 like basically you're dealing with this you know i mean they're committed to make two and three and then four and five are on are you know they're shooting everything at once Apparently, the contract is that two and three are coming out, period. Two and three are getting made. There's an option to kind of back off from four and five if two and three don't do well. I think two and three will do fine. Yeah, sure. But they ain't going to do $3 billion. And like, few the, movies do. The question I mean, is, like, like you, the thing that Avatar had that made it such a big deal, that made it, it gave it crazy legs, is what it, it was like Titanic. It just, it didn't open huge, but it just kept making yeah, money it's a steady burn. steadily. Yeah. And for months. And the thing that made it, Really work was that it was the first kind of the Renaissance in 3D. It was an event. It was something that you hadn't really seen before, and audiences went to see it over and over, like they would ride Star Tours over and over. I mean, I think the 3D angle really was. But you don't have anything like that for Avatar Two. Avatar, his the the tech gimmick for this one is going to be high frame rate, 48 frames a second, which didn't help The Hobbit. It sure didn't, and ain't going to help this. Yeah. So I think Avatar Two is going to be a hit but it is not going to set the world on fire the way Titanic and Avatar did. And, uh, you know, conventional wisdom now in Hollywood is like never bet against James Cameron. And I'm not betting against James Cameron, but I don't think James Cameron can set the number one box office record four more times in a row. Well, asking him to do that is a fool's errand in the first place. I think he might expect that of himself. Well, I think he's James Cameron. (laughs) He's James Cameron. But um, so you're going to keep seeing sort of this trickle of stuff come out in part because they need to keep... It somehow, some mind share for Avatar. The other reason, Dean, that Disney wants to push Avatar when they can, because they opened a whole freaking land right. in Disney World yeah. of it, and they got to get people in there. Yep. And look, they don't have a problem with that. I mean, the line to get into Pandora uh, World or whatever they call it was like four hours when Jeez. it opens. Um, you were turning people away just to get not not even to ride anything, just to get in the into land. It. Yeah. And by the way, Star Wars Land opens at Disneyland next next year. Does it in May? don't i'm not going near the place for like four <laughs> months i mean look i want to see that as much as anyone but it's like you're not getting in there i just it,
0: went to universal and harry and went to the harry potter stuff and it's i walked right in there yeah
1: but harry, po- uh, harry potter harry potterland has been there for years and years has and it years. been years oh yeah
0: now? wow long time wow well it shows um, you how much i pay attention to that stuff so i'm
1: waiting for star wars land like i'm, I'm expecting eight hour. Wait. i mean the 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 guardians of the galaxy revamp of tower of terror that was a seven hour wait when it opened. I'll tell you that this was stuff. just for the same ride you've already ridden with a rock, rocket raccoon in it. Like, yeah. imagine that there's a full-size Millennium Falcon you can sit in and fly. Like, that's, Dude, that's, that's you're, you're never getting in if there. If
0: they do as good a job with the Star Wars land as they did with Harry Potter at Universal, mm-hmm. it might be worth. Well, they've wait- got crazy. it might be worth waiting and that long.
1: Well, it might, but I, I feel like it's gonna be so crowded you're not gonna get anything. Yeah. Out of it. Like the other thing is like the the wristband thing they're doing. Where there's these wristbands, this is a tech they've been working on at Disneyland for years. It basically the wrist, you, everybody has a wristband, and the wristband has like a memory to it, and it remembers everything you do in Star Wars land, and all the costumes with like full mask stuff can talk. So like you have this in this in the little like Force the Force Awakens Bay they had where like Boba Fett could talk and like. The Wookiee could make noise, and and you know they could they could do stuff like you know, the stormtroopers could say things to, to kids, and they could say them in response to what the kids said. They had a whole battery of things they could say, and so what they're going to do with this thing is your wristband is going to remember everything you do in Star Wars Land. It's a full immersion land, so like the people that staff the stores are Star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. There's no there's Harry no Potter's real world. Like yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. that. So this you have these wristbands, and like so, let's say you ride the Millennium Falcon ride, where you have a you have a little crew, and you get in the Falcon, and you fly the Falcon, and Let's say, like you blow up the slave one, as an example, like hypothetical example, you blow up the slave one, and then you run into Boba Fett in the t- in the cantina, like later on. Well, that the, costume say that you costume, blew up my ship. The costume will be able to read your your bracelet seven, know that that's what you did on that ride, and Boba Fett can say like, hey, it's like yeah, th- yeah, you blew my ship up, but I got a- I got another one or something like that. Like that's so that's the that's kind of experience yeah. they're going for this. So it's gonna be worth. Waiting to see, but I'm waiting till September is what I'm saying. I let everybody go back to school, and I'm going to go back like a week after Labor Day. That's yeah. my plan for that. Uh, we'll see about that. We'll see how strong your willpower. Oh, I got, is. I got. My willpower is, is very strong when it comes to waiting in line forever. <laughs> like, no, no way.
0: All right. Uh, the last item for Ubisoft. Do you think they're going to show Watch Dogs three? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, they already leaked it, so, so yeah. Screw well, it, I mean, we knew it was in development. Yeah, but. I think they'll. I think they'll show it. What do you expect from it? Um, I expect them to kind of revamp uh, the tone a little bit. Uh, so
0: the first game
1: was like first game almost was, dour. Yeah, dour, dark, gritty nonsense. The second one went second one total was overcorrection. Yeah. Total like went all the other way. It's like this wacky fun zone, place, irreverent. Except <laughs> you're killing people. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's like oh, hackers are just such cool dudes. Kind but of thing. they kill people like, sometimes. But like also like there the, the was a again a tonal problem where, like uh marcus i think was the name of the guy you play i just didn't believe he would kill people right like it was too nice i mean he had, a, he had like a yo-yo or whatever to <laughs> knock people out and shit like, like there's just no way he would run around like blowing people away with a gun and like if, later on some of the dlc uh did add a bunch of non-lethal options for him which made more sense for the character but um i think they need to kind of get, kind of meet in the middle for yeah. Watch Dogs, like, Watch Dogs 3 can can have some levity, but it also shouldn't be just all crazy you know like you had the guy with the the, the emoticon visor right. with the freaking you know like the animated face and everyone's yeah. just, just like yeah we're gonna you know i'm the rave girl and i'm the the hacker dude and i'm the the the, the you know the b-boy posse you know it was just like <laughs> everyone had their own counterculture thing right. going on you had yeah. all these different so I, i'm kind of expecting to sort of have come try to come to a synthesis of those things because um, there's, like, the Watch Dogs too kind of lost sight of the fact that, like, yeah, you're involved in DedSec and you're doing all this, like, hacktivism stuff, but also, like, it's really terrifying what you're doing. Yeah. It's like, like, you're kind of, like, gnawing away at the fabric of society in, in terms of kind of that the sort of agreed upon, you know, and, I, and it's a fun it idea. Take, it but, didn't like, take
0: itself seriously. Not at all. It, there's a problem. It, and like, I enjoyed the Serious things are happening,
1: happening in the game. The game is not treating them as serious. No. Yeah. And so, um... Like I, but i enjoyed it as a toy i guess it's like i yeah. enjoy like it's fun to know, fiddle around with. taking yeah. over the you know when i when i would boot it up for the months after it came out i would, I would not really make a lot of progress but i would sure ram cars into each other all day you know, like yeah with a you can auto drive the cars and stuff i do that constantly um so i kind of hope they keep the toy aspect but in terms of like how they present the story and kind of the tone that it occupies i think they need to find sort of a middle ground uh, I'm very curious what city it takes place in. Yeah, because um, they did a great job of recreating. Yeah, was a good San Francisco. Me. And I don't just say that as, as like you know because I was born down the peninsula, mm-hmm. and I think I was born in San Mateo, and it's, I think it's the first time San Mateo's ever been in a video game. Right, it's like it actually says it right there on the map. I'm yeah. like, wow, where's like my place? Where I'm from? And they <laughs> nailed it. Like they nailed what it's like up there. Yeah. Um, well, they're from there as well. Yeah are they ubisoft yeah i think the people who made it are in montreal
0: though. oh they are absolutely yeah. but their their main headquarters for the u.s is in the right. bay area and those people from all the other satellite offices always come in there mm-hmm. and so right but crazy i'm easy for them to but
1: also i lived in san francisco and i know that if you are in san francisco you aren't going to palo alto no you're right like getting somebody <laughs> to leave san francisco to do anything is impossible yeah, yeah. that's the least realistic thing. the traffic's
0: so bad you don't want to do right. anything well, that's the
1: least realistic thing about watchdogs too is that like this this is market street here yeah and it does not look like that yeah (laughs) you you would have to have buses everywhere like you i mean the traffic is not the streets are
0: twice as wide in the game as they are in real life as well Uh,
1: that's that's yeah but like the main thing is that the you just the sheer number of cars on the road was not accurate and like but I, I did think, I've, I've told the story before, but when I went down to see what Palo Alto looked like in the game, you know, with the, the tech center of everything, where Facebook is, where all that stuff, and like, you know, I, I was driving around a motorcycle and I hit something, I flipped off the motorcycle and smashed into a wall. With a you know, and fell to the ground, and this woman walking by goes, "Ah, oh, I hate that crunch sound." I'm like, "That's exact, yes. That is that is exactly what someone there would say." It, like the idea that like they smash. Say, oh
0: my god, are you hurt? No, breaking your
1: face on a wall made such a gross sound that you inconvenienced them. Right, like that. That's that's exactly. That's the Bay Area in a nutshell. Yep. yep. <laughs>
0: Uh, anything else you want to add about Yubi? Anything that you're looking forward to, or you think we might see that I um, didn't put on the rundown? Well,
1: I guess it's probably. I mean, I don't know where if we'd see it at Yubi's or at Nintendo's, but I feel like we're going to see another wacky yubi Nintendo joint project.
0: You think we'll see another Switch exclusive from Yubi?
1: Yeah, I think. We'll, I, I don't know if that would be it'd probably be at the Nintendo Direct, I would think. But I, but I think Yubi and Nintendo, like I think Mario. I mean, and they Rabbids, did it on their well. on Yubi stage last year. Did, yeah, that's right. I think they, they brought Miyamoto and everybody. Yeah. that's right. One way or the other, I think they will have a new project with Nintendo. Yeah. like a switch exclusive that like incorporates nintendo ip stuff in oh, a way in a way that like no other third-party company would be able because you know, they have a working relationship with nintendo that no other publisher really has yeah. yeah so i would expect to see a, another that. Like not a Rabbits right. Mario not sequel, a sequel to Rabbids. but like another that thing. would be disappointing if it was a sequel to mario plus rabbits yeah. it's like we got
0: it the first time yeah, bro. we know it's we cool get it. <laughs> okay okay and i wouldn't be surprised if that were actually the case either no it's not because th- they already have that engine lying around it's like hey we can just put in some new assets we can get this but game it, out in but maybe months. like
1: like Z- like a zelda rabbits game one. yeah like lincoln rabbits. that could land. very
0: well happen actually
1: i'd be kind of make-
0: i feel bad that we've said this out loud to be honest with you because
1: <laughs> i'd be want to give I, you me any ideas i don't know i'd be on board to see how ganondorf would react to a bunch of rabbids running around <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
0: what properties would you cross up with Zelda from Ubisoft? Um, Assassin's Creed.
1: Yeah, it's too easy. Yeah. I, I think Rabbids and I think you Rabbids cross, and Mario worked. though. Rabbids, yeah, but I think you could do Rabbids and anything, yeah. really. Like you know, we could do Rabbids and Splinter Cell. If you Is really that to make sure to. that the uh, IP owner of the other crossover property doesn't take itself too seriously? Right. Well, I think I think if you take it as an opportunity to kind of mess with that IP a little bit, and Nintendo yeah. was definitely up for that with Mario. Um, it would work, and Zelda's kind of ripe for that. Yeah, I think um, the other. Thing, it'd be fun to see Metroid, um, like a Metroid game where, like, but there's just Rabbits everywhere <laughs> instead of Metroids, and the Metroids get hold of the Rabbits, and then the Metroids become like the Rabbits. All it's right, starting, you know, like you, you could uh, you could play with that. I think that game's too serious for Rabbits. Well, that's why you could do like a Nintendo Land game, but like with Rabbits invading Mar- like a Nintendo that's true. IP. Yeah, that way you don't have to do a whole game out of it. Okay. All right. So that's it for Ubisoft, our Ubisoft preview for E3 2018.
0: As you can tell, big showing coming for Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, these next few that we end up doing, they have maybe half the games that Ubisoft has. And this is just what we know. Um, and Ubisoft always has surprises. So, I mean, I'm sure there'll be like just dance, whatever,
1: blah, 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 and all that other crap that they do. But uh, but yeah, Ubisoft is primed for a big yeah. E3. And maybe, uh, like, so I think it was somebody on Twitter said, uh, it's like, it's like, I'm half expecting at the end of the Ubisoft conference for, uh, so, like, Vivendi executives to break down the, the back of the stage and, like, knock Eves uh, out with a folding chair. <laughs> <laughs> like a that battle's over, though. Vivendi gave up. Or so we thought. Or, yeah, or allegedly.
0: So we'll see. All right, we're going to move on. anyone who watches wrestling knows it's never over. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk next about a game that I was playing on an open beta that happened last weekend, uh, Mario Tennis Aces for the Switch. Uh, I'm just going to say right now that this game is going to be a contender for Sports Game of the Year. Hmm. Did you play it? Nope. I uh, I did not get to play it until Sunday. I intend to buy the final, like the release version, but I didn't get to the beta. It is really good, Matt. Really, really good. Uh, I did not get to play until Sunday. By then, people had been playing this game for three days. And despite the fact that I got my ass handed to me, I absolutely loved this game. I cannot believe that this is the same studio that made the Mario Tennis game for the Wii U. It, Mm. It is like night and day compared to those games. This game is crazy deep like it's so funny if, if I need a better illustration of how much video games have evolved since they first started there's no better comparison than comparing Pong to Mario Tennis Aces to see how far gaming has, has come in the last I guess 40 years at this point. Um, it took me a long time to learn how to play this game, which may seem crazy because it's a Mario sports game. Usually pick up and play, good to go. And sure, if you just wanna whack the ball back and forth, you can just use one button and run around the court. That, that's not gonna get it done in this game. This game has crazy systems under the hood that you have to master. And I think maybe the big X factor is gonna be balance. Like in all honesty, a lot of the people that I played that just completely destroyed me, didn't even really use a lot of the quote-unquote trick shots in the game. Like, they were really good at serving. They were really good at anticipating where you're going to go and shooting back against the grain. Um, There were some people I played where I didn't win a single point. Like, they were just that flipping good. There were some people where I couldn't even hardly return their serves. They were so good after just three days. Um, So to kind of expand a little bit on what I was talking about with the systems, so if you look, the meters at the top, corners of the screen, those are basically your power meters and you build those up by holding in the shot button before the ball gets there. So a big element of the strategy in the game is trying to guess where the ball is going to go, getting there way beforehand and, and then holding down the shoot button way before the shot ever comes because that's what builds up your meter. Now there are other ways to build your meter as well. There are things called trick shots and this is a big risk reward system in the game. You can use either the right stick, tap it left or right, or you can double tap the X button to do them. But they're not automatic. So each character has his own trick shot. And they're not like the the crazy over-the-top finishers that you've seen where they jump up in the sky and they bounce off invisible walls and all that kind of crap, like what you're seeing right now, actually. That's not what they are. They're these things that happen in real time on the court. In Mario's, for example, he does like a, a side flip and then lands. But... It's not set up so that, hey, if you're close, you're gonna hit the ball. You literally have to learn how far of a leap that is for Mario, and then make sure you're that distance away, do the flip, and then land just as the ball is getting there. Now, the flip side of that is if you get it right, your power meter goes almost all the way up. And so it's this big risk-reward thing of whether you wanna use it or not. Now, another thing you may have noticed while you're watching this B-roll is that there are stars that appear on the court. Um, when a star appears, if you run into the star and then hit the right trigger button, it goes into this first-person view where you can target the ball anywhere on the court or at the opponent because there's this other system in the game where you can beat down your opponent. So if they keep blocking your power shots, their racket eventually wears out. And if the racket breaks, the game's over. You win the match. So you can absolutely just win the match by targeting power shots directly at your opponent. Now, you can also be smart about it and just places somewhere where they're not so you can get the shot past them so there's kind of two different angles um, on that the crazy over the top stuff only happens when your meter is all the way full and you squeeze both triggers and there that is one part of the game where they are they do give you a lot of leeway you don't have to exactly time it like as long as the ball is on your side of the court and you click both of your sticks you can perform kind of the finishing move in the game and if you target that and hit hit uh Your opponent with that it takes a lot of their power off if you want to try to win it by breaking their racket or whatever um so yeah lots and lots of systems run underneath the hood here there's also a thing that you can use uh if you squeeze the right trigger during normal play it slows everything down so if you don't think you're going to be able to make it to a ball you can squeeze the right trigger and everything else slows down and you run at normal speed but it comes at the cost of your meter so again there's that risk reward going on in the game um It literally took me a good hour and a half just to come to grips with all the the systems in the game and start learning how to use them. There you can see that was like the the power shot that I got from hitting the right trigger when I got to the star. Um, And then that's controlled by gyro or you can control it with the analog stick. I turned it off the gyro at first, found it was really hard to aim it with the stick and went back to the gyro controls, uh, which is maybe a first for me ever for a Hmm. game like this. Usually I end up hating on the gyro controls. Um, the demo that I had I only had like five characters to pick from but I started playing other people who had unlocked other characters um, And like I said each character is different. It changes like their trick shots. It changes their finishing moves uh, They have different attributes for speed and shot power um, Serving is very simple. You just want to hit the ball at the very top of the arc
1: It almost seems like there's a fighting game element to it in the sense you have to learn the other characters You do what absolutely they can do.
0: you have to know what the other characters are capable of and what they will do and of course, it's a sports game, so everyone's different. It's like I said, the best players I played in this didn't really use any of that. They were just so good at one, getting in place early, and they would build up their meter really quickly. Um, but they were just really good with always making sure that they hit the right shots because the face buttons represent different shots. You have like a you have top spin, you have backspin, you have a lob. Um, and they were really good at choosing which shot to use in which scenario. So I would rush the court, they would hit a lob over top of me. And that is one part of the game that I do have some criticism with is lobs. It's hard to judge whether or not you're at the right place to return a lob. It's hard to judge the distance and where the lob is actually going to come down and when it's going to come down. But otherwise, I had a blast with this. Even though I was totally getting my butt kicked, I enjoyed playing this game. And I think a lot of it is because it has a lot of depth. And I realized that a lot of people had been playing. See there, I targeted him. And then that takes some power off of his racket and knocks him back. Um, There's a lot of ways to skin the cat in this game, I guess is what I'm Hmm. getting at. There's a lot of ways to win. Uh, And just, you know, if you just look at the base of it, it's just a really good tennis game. And tennis games are fun head-to-head. It's why Mm -hmm. Pong has endured all these years. So I... Really, really love this game. I, I like I said when we first started talking about it, I think it's totally gonna be a candidate for sports game of the year. It is a massive improvement over the Wii U game, which was abysmal. Um, and so my I guess my fear is that a lot of pe- that anyone who bought the Wii U game is gonna see this and just be like, "Oh no, never again. <laughs> but you should seriously rethink that I had a blast playing this game, even though I wasn't good at it, and I was getting my ass handed to me over and over again. Uh, it has built in tournament uh, ladders. Um, when you go to play online, it puts you into this big grid. It looks like an NCAA tournament bracket. um, And you work your way down until it's just you against the winner of the other side of the bracket. Obviously, I never got that far. (laughs) I never made it past the third round, I don't think. And I saw some people on Twitter were saying, oh, I made it to the championship and lost. And I was like, wow, how did you make it that far? Uh, Maybe they had been playing it all weekend or whatever. But with my limited experience, it was not pretty. They just were basically destroying me. But... I'm going to get better at this game, and I am going to become as good as those guys were. I promise you that. So, yeah. Mario Tennis Aces. I'm really psyched for it. I had a blast with it. It comes out, in, it's like a week after E3. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. It might E3. be. It comes out on the 22nd, I believe, mm-hmm. of June. Um, Full-price game, but based upon what I played, that's totally fine. You're going to get a lot of replay value out of it. So, there you go. Mario Tennis Aces. I don't know if any of you guys jumped in on the beta. I tried to set up games with sifters, but it, you couldn't match up with specific people. Mm. The only way you could play online was you just get tossed into that bracket and then play whoever, whoever you play. So, I had a blast with it. I think it's one to keep your eye on, especially if you're a Switch owner and you're kind of hitting those doldrums of summer, which, that's not just for the Switch. That happens to a lot of platforms, particularly in their first year or two. Uh, so if you're looking for something to while away the hours during the summer, I think you should definitely keep an eye on that one. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk next about EA, And we said earlier in the show that we're not going to do EA's E3 Mm. press conference tomorrow. Um, And it does start, I believe, at like noon. I'm not even sure. It's pretty early in the day tomorrow. But we'll all be on the site. We'll all watch it together on the live stream, blah, blah, blah. But still, let's talk about what EA is going to show tomorrow. So this is our pre-show for EA's E3, EA Play press conference, whatever the hell they call it at this point. Um, Obviously, the biggest game is Anthem. Mm -hmm. It's, well, is it? Is it Anthem or is it Battlefield 5? What is EA's biggest
1: game? Um, Battlefield 5 is going to probably sell more. I think Anthem is your is the thing pe- more more people are interested in. Yeah. Because uh, it's more of an X factor. Yeah, even though they did show a big chunk of gameplay last year. Yeah, but that was also sort of a vertical slice of uh, on a day. AKA Bolshoy. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, what's it really going to look like? Yeah. Thing, you know. Um, That's cool. Like, I mean, I'm more interested in Anthem over Battle... I mean, Battlefield is a a known quantity. Yeah. um, For the most part. Uh, I'm interested to see kind of what... what, People are going to be playing this 24 hours from now, by the way,
0: at EA Play. mm -hmm. So we're going to get tons of media from this game. We're probably going to get a couple trailers. Uh, By the time E3 is over, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be sick of hearing about
1: Anthem. Uh, But that's okay. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I'm just thinking like how like what a what a poor what a, retroactively what a poor choice of name because if you if you put anthem in google right. you, you are not what getting are you're not getting up? stories about <laughs> EA's video game
0: unless you pay a lot of money. Yeah. I I know all about that. When I worked at Spike, we would pay for Google search terms for whatever show Spike was launching. So Spike mm. had a show called Cole and we paid <laughs> a ton of money so that if anybody searched for Cole the first result that mm. came up was our show. Well, EA knows what to do then. No, and they will probably spend the money yeah. to make sure that that happens. And it's very, very expensive. People wonder how Google makes money. I know mm. how Google makes money. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I know. Um, so, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't worry about that too much. Uh, what are your big X-Factors questions about Anthem at this point, Matt? Um, microtransactions. Um. I have faith that, I mean, EA would have to be a moron to have nefarious loot box
1: microtransaction practices well, there's, there thing. are so many ways you could finish a sentence that begins with <laughs> ea would have to be a moron but probably but like i'm interested yeah. to see what, what they do with that i'm interested to see kind of how it plays in comparison to destiny which seems to be its closest kin yeah um I want to see how much it's
0: not like Destiny, right? That exactly. to me is the big question I want to know.
1: Like, what ideas do they have that make it different? What ideas do they have that make it feel like Bioware? Um, how free is the the you know the maneuverability, like we saw in in the, the trailer yeah. last year? Like, is it really that open? Is it you know because this this almost shows almost like a Xenoblade style world where you're just flying around this huge ecology and. You can Iron Man your way, th- you know. You can Iron Man fly your way through stuff, or you can like do like on the ground gunplay. Like, it's it's, uh, you know. I feel like we saw a really cool proof of concept here, but like I'm interested like to see like uh, a more granulated gameplay uh, demo. I'll be perfectly honest. I hope it's nothing
0: like Destiny, <laughs> nothing at all like Destiny. Uh, I mean. I play each Destiny. I play the single player until it's done, and I really never go
1: back. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this has learned some valuable lessons from Destiny. Well, I would hope. In terms of like the comparison to Destiny, I just mean it's an, an online multiplayer game setting, in kind of a But I hope this is like not an MMO-like like Destiny. I, I think is. it is. I think it definitely is.
0: Where you're fighting the same guys over and over yep. again.
1: And I think it is. I, that would be a disappointment to me. I mean, that's what exactly what I expected to be. I mean, would I prefer it to be sort of a co-op multiplayer BioWare single-player RPG? Yes, that's what I'm hoping for. That's not what it is. <laughs> I guarantee you, that's not what this is. This is a de- this is their take on Destiny, the Destiny concept. That's disappointing.
0: I'm sure it won't be disappointing to their bank account, but no, it'll do just fine. Yeah, but to me personally, is. As someone who loves video games, I really hope that it doesn't no, this, follow this that isn't, this
1: isn't structure. that Kotor 3 with uh, Iron Man suits. I promise you that. And then your point, your earlier point
0: becomes even more valid if that's the case because these games are generally driven by DLC
1: and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's so that's what I want to know is like what's the what's the online what's the games as a service twist because yeah. that's what this is. I want to know, you know, what's the max player count? Have They said
0: that yet? The max number of players you can play with? Nah, not that I saw. I mean, how cool would it be if you could go out in squads of
1: 15 or 20 people. I would, that would surprise. I feel like, you know, as much as I compare it to Destiny, like I think that Monster Hunter World is also a pretty valid comparison in, in terms of like getting a small squad to kind of run around the world. I don't know how much, like, you know, in terms of like Destiny kind of like how the, does that sort of mingle player thing where there's a bunch of people in each area. Yeah. I feel like this might be more of a Monster Hunter World sort of like you got to choose to go out with people sort of thing. Uh, maybe there's like one place where everybody con- congregates. Like yeah. The, you know, like, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There's different ways you can go about that, and I guess it depends how they think it works best in this in this context. I'm also interested to see like what the different kind of suits you can use, or what how how customizable your outfit is, because I you know you obviously. Oh, you, got, you know, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, well, you the you got the That's big where guy here. That's make all kinds of money. You got the big guy here. You got the more standard guy there. Um, but I like you know I like the mech suit, Iron Man suit thing they're doing yeah. here, and I'm interested to see what you can do with it and how cool you can make it look and. You know, it's 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 a Destiny style thing. I'm sure we're like you know you, you complete this raid and you get a fancy helmet thing you can put on and you look really cool. You get cool a weapon that has one extra level in one of its attributes, or what's also possible. But see, like that to me that implies you have four people in a squad and that's the end of it. It does, yeah. Those graphics sure do look final. <laughs> Uh, I'm still excited. I'm still really excited for the
0: game. You know, by tomorrow mid-afternoon, it will be laid bare. We'll pretty much know everything about it mm-hmm. uh, between what they show during their press event and all the stuff that ends up coming out. Because people are gonna be playing this all day tomorrow and capturing footage. And by tomorrow night, there's gonna be thousands and thousands of hours of direct feed gameplay from Anthem on YouTube. So. Not much longer to wait for that, and probably the same thing could be said about the next game Battlefield five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing they're gonna have tons of kiosks there with direct feed for
1: folks and well they've traditionally had like a big huge you know maximum number of players sort of arena that you wait in line in and go play and yeah uh, are you gonna go to EA play tomorrow? I don't think so. yeah I don't even know if I know anybody at EA anymore.
0: <laughs> I know lots of people at EA, but I, I can't go because tomorrow is the only day left to do anything before E3 starts. Mm-hmm. And once E3 starts, it's like I was talking to my wife last night we were eating dinner. And I was like, uh, you know, after tomorrow, like you're not going to see me for like a week, eight days or something like that. And she, and she always freaks out about it, even though it happens every year. She always freaks out. I don't like that. I'm not going to see you. I'm mm. like, it's like this. This is how it's always been. Uh, but yeah, so tomorrow is my day to like, do laundry. For instance, I'm indefinitely doing laundry. <laughs> Like, I had no clean shirts to wear, and I saw this sitting in a stack, and I was like, i oh, screw it, and I just put it on. It's so, bandicoot time. Yeah. <laughs> and you know how much I love Crash Bandicoot. Right. So here I am rocking this shirt. Uh, so I need to do laundry and just, like, just get my car, just all the stuff I need to do before the week kicks yeah. in. So. I, think
1: mine, I, mean, I think my girlfriend likes it that I'm gone for as long, <laughs> as, long as I am. Well, she has the run of your home for... Yeah, well, not in this year because yeah, we're yeah. here. Right, right, oh.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess
1: there's no escape now, huh? No. Yeah. She's, li- she's living for th- Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> we finally leave. And well, we won't even be here that long, though, actually.
0: Because yeah. Sunday, there's just the two press conferences, a big gap in between. Uh, Monday's the big day. We'll be here most of the day on Monday. Yeah, but, but
1: usually for e- E3, for us, is like I disappear for about seven days in a row and periodically come back drunk and right. that's about Or tired. <laughs> you just go immediately go to sleep. Uh, it's like a little staycation for her, usually. <laughs> Not this time. Uh, let's see what else
0: we're going to talk about. Uh, Battlefield... All we have is the trailer so far of that. Although people have started saying that after the fan backlash, now there are reports coming out that it's not as offbeat and wacky as it appeared mm. in the trailer.
1: I don't know if that's EA just trying to quell the seeds of doubt at this point. I think it's I mean, I think they would have done better for themselves if they had also done like a little gameplay demo yeah. like along with the trailer they released. Right. Um also, like, it didn't help, I think, that they spent, like, 30 minutes, like, building it up on the live stream, like, with all this, and not showing any footage of anything. That was pretty weird, yeah. And then they I show did. this, like, kind of, like, cinematic trailer that, like, doesn't really tell you much except, like, the bare bones sort of, like... It's basically a tone piece yeah. is all it is, yeah. Which, like, you know, as much as the complaints have rolled in about, you know, the various uh, diversity ideas... <laughs> which is ridiculous like the par- it's like do we really need to see this for a battlefield game like we know what battlefield is yeah. we know that it's just crazy like stuff just happening constantly in multi yeah. like we played battlefield we know what it is and like while this trailer certainly has a reason to exist in terms of like you want media out there to- it looks cool and gets people excited about things as the sole thing you release first yeah. it's a weird choice to me probably
0: a mistake yeah i love this trailer i think it's probably will end yeah, like up it. being one of the best trailers from E3, but uh, but yeah, you can't really have a 30 minute live stream and then cap it off with a yeah. 90 second trailer. You just like you got to show
1: some gameplay. Well, if
0: you're if you're gonna make, sit there and make all those promises for a half hour, you've got to deliver on those promises.
1: Right. And I think they're all you know, I'm sure that you know internally they'd be like, well, this is gameplay. It's like look, there's there's a HUD and they're shooting stuff. It's like yeah, but it's not this. It's not. It's a very scripted, sort of, like, right. through-the-motion thing. And, like, it's cool as, like, a vertical slice idea, but you needed to show some people actually playing the game. Yeah. Um, even if it wasn't live, like, just show some, some raw Actual footage. Actual real raw gameplay. Even yeah. if you, it's not even part of the presentation, just release raw footage to the outlets and let them put it up. And or talk let about YouTubers it. put it up. Yeah, like, whatever you want to yeah. do. But, like, it just I just felt like, um, you know, while I think the trailer's a good trailer, I do understand that, like, you know you sit through like half an hour, 40 minutes of uh, you know corporate speak, basically, and then the, your reward is like a three-minute trailer. It's like, Battlefield sure is crazy. It's like, yeah, I know about that... You know, it's like, you come on. like Give me some information. Yeah. so We're about to get it. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll blow it hours, out. 12 hours,
0: 18 hours from now, we'll know a whole lot more about yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I think they'll blow it out.
0: It'll be okay. Uh, this is something that shocked me, by the way, Matt. When I was putting, like I said earlier, Ubisoft has the most games with third-party publishers. I started putting together EA stuff, and I was shocked at how little there is. Yeah, they don't release a lot. It's pretty days. crazy. Uh, we Obviously, the two games we just talked about, you think we're going to see the visceral, emotive Star Wars game?
1: No. I Not even like a trailer I, for no. it? I think we're going to see the Respawn Star Wars game. You think so? Yeah. Really? I think the Respawn game is further along. Don't
0: you think we would see something else from Respawn before that, though? No. Yeah. Really? This is, this is their next thing. I thought Titanfall three was their next thing. It's yeah, announced. Titanfall they were, they three were, was actually announced.
1: Now they were working on the re- their Star Wars thing while Titanfall two was still being. When did they hire on. Stig? Uh, sometime before Titanfall two came out. Did was he oh, there yeah. before that? Oh yeah. I can't remember. That was a know. while before that. Yeah, I can't remember. Now the Star Wars, their Star Wars, game, because of how they had to start over with the visceral game, with uh, EA uh, Vancouver. Like I, I'm pretty sure the respawn game, Star Wars game, is the furthest along of any of those. And you think we're gonna see it? think we might see like a teaser or something yeah i mean i would be shocked i f- i feel like if you as ea if you don't sh- like kind of sh- do a little like hey star wars is still here thing at your big E3 presentation, like, if I'm Lucasfilm, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. bro. Oh, they have to do something. Like, yeah, so I think we're going to see that. We're
0: not going to see another Battlefront, though, right?
1: No, although I think we might get an annoying little, like, hey, Battlefront 2's in solo season right now right, kind right. of thing. You know, I, I think we might get a little push of what You don't what's... think we're going to see, like, a Battlefront 3 or anything like that? No, I don't think they're that dumb. Pachter
0: seems to think that, uh, that we will not see Battlefront at all for two years. I think that's probably true. He also said in his uh, E3 Predictions episode, that is also live that went up this morning, that uh, he thinks that um,
1: Respawn is eventually going to be making Battlefield. I would not... I mean, I think I floated that idea before, uh, that they could hand battle, battlefront, battlefront to Respawn. Handing Battlefield to them would also not be a crazy idea. Yeah, he said Battlefield,
0: that he thought that he they would start doing that because he, he feels that... EA bought Respawn because of Vince, because they think, or it thinks, that he can create something that can rival Call of Duty.
1: Mm. Well, he created Call of Duty, so... Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's an that's an interesting tactic, because it's like, look, just because you made a billion dollar franchise once doesn't mean you can make it again, Lawbreakers. Yeah. But, like, it's... That's that's a questionable move, but I it see makes what a lot out. of sense to me. It makes corporate sense, but it doesn't make creative sense because like you can't catch lightning in a bottle at whim. Well, they're also not the same. I mean, right. Call of Duty and Battlefield are very different games.
0: Yeah. And maybe the idea is okay. Well, maybe we start making
1: Battlefield
0: a little more. I don't want to say casual, but yeah, maybe that is the right word.
1: I think well, part of, to me it would be, and maybe you wouldn't say this because it's not corporately correct to to say this, but like. Dice kind of has had their shot over and over again to make Battlefield into something that's more relevant now, and I feel like they're not doing it. I don't know. It's um, selling pretty well. It sells pretty well, it's but like it doesn't 13, sell. It doesn't million. sell what EA wants it to sell, and, it, and like it doesn't sell Call of Duty it, numbers. It doesn't. It, it, you know, even when they completely change the setting, like well, it's always the same thing. Yeah. In a in a in a kind of a rote way, and I can see wanting to bring someone like Vince and the people there. In, as like, can you get fresh eyes on this idea and kind of turn it into something new? The other problem they have there is a lot of people that were, you know, key respawn people that came over from Infinity Ward have gone back to Infinity Ward. Which is really weird. Um, So, well, I don't know. Like, if you've seen what happens to companies get bought by EA. Yeah. Like, I don't blame anybody from being like, I'm getting out of here before they drag us out behind the shed. Well, they're probably know? like, this isn't what I signed up for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also remember well, like, that... Wait, wait, I left big corporate America to come here right. and work with you, guys. We'll also remember, you know, if... I don't know how many of them go way back the, to the 2015 days, what, the Metal of Honor Alley. All the way, way back. But they're the... Well, no, I mean, 2015, the the the, the, the developer they were before when they made Metal of Honor Alley Assault, and then those yeah. guys left to form Infinity Ward that then made Call of Duty. right. So imagine you're one of those old, old school guys that left EA because it sucked to form your own company to work there, and then you left to form another company, and now you're owned by EA again. He's like, like I've seen this like, movie I'm before. I'm just going <laughs> back. To, I'm just going back to, I don't know anymore. I yeah. Guess. Well, I'm sure also
0: Activisions probably would offer those employees like du- oh, yeah. double what they were getting paid before when they worked there, yeah. and because Infinity Ward has, is in deep doo-doo. I mean it has turned out to be the worst of the three studios working on call of duty and so i could see where the studio itself sales wise yeah and, and i i would say games wise as well i mean ghost is an infinity war game yeah
1: but like infinite warfare is the best thing that it's, any call of duty's done since yeah, my warfare 2 in, my, in my book yeah i mean they, but i don't think they look at that game favorably internally didn't sell. because it didn't sell well
0: absolutely so we have that to look forward to from EA. I mean, the whole respawn thing really is. What, even, even though it's the, game, the big story at EA yeah. tomorrow. What is respawn doing? What of what respawn
1: is working on? Are they going to show? I think we're going to see their Star Wars game. It just it just it's been long enough that I feel like it's time to show something. I don't think you want to show Battlefront three uh, because we've done this dance already. Yeah. Uh, you got to show something Star Wars related. I would think to keep Lucasfilm happy because otherwise it looks like Star Wars games have gone away. Yeah. And certainly in the wake of in the wake of the Battlefront 2 problems in terms of the core demographic in the industry. You know, the, the mainstream audience doesn't know that happened, really. Yeah. But um, the people watching E3, both industry and, you know, fandom, they all do know and um you gotta you you gotta wash that taste out of the mouth a little bit you know like i think the relaunch of battlefront 2 has helped because people you know people seem to like it better now but it's a little little, maybe too little too late for some people yeah but i think you need to kind of wash the taste out of the mouth and be like okay here's the next big thing in star wars and um what genre do you think it's going to be i think it's gonna be a shooter <laughs>
0: even though stig's working on it i don't know like it could
1: be it, that- it's a good question
0: though right well I, stig I, comes from god of war yeah respawns a first person shooter
1: studio that's all it's ever made i want a i want a jedi action rpg okay is what i mean ideally I, want- I, I would be most surprised if it were an action
0: rpg because that um, there
1: nowhere in that pedigree has that genre oh, ever existed? Call of Duty's had uh, experience points for years. <laughs> um, if you made, if, basically, if you made like let's say Jedi Outcast, but not terrible, uh, because I hate that game. Yeah. I um, uh, see that all the time where people bring up like Jedi Outcast and Jedi Knight is like the best saber. Con- it's like I, I don't understand any of that because it was just sort of wildly swinging yeah, sabers around like matching, crazy yeah. people. Um, and it doesn't look like lightsaber combat, like, 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 yeah, it's fun to waggle things around like that, but like, does it doesn't look like Star Wars lightsaber combat. No, not yeah, at all. Like, yeah. so if they could kind of come up with a, a way to make that work, you know, in terms of both a multiplayer and a single player game and kind of like, like a Jedi outcast with combat that doesn't feel like somebody on speed, like, you know, hammering a, a hammering a button over and over again, that would be cool. Um, and i think stig could probably figure that out absolutely he's done a lot of good melee combat systems so that would be a ni- that'd be nice um but i don't know like you don't really know what these guys are capable of but if you ha- hire Stig i guess you do kind of assume he's gonna do some kind of more third-person adventure, melee-y sort of thing.
0: I completely, I have no idea what, what it is. I I,
1: it'll be crazy to see. I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing about, like, the Star Wars, like, it's like, the, the universe is wide open. You can you do whatever. anything. Yeah, I mean, the, absolutely. Lucas LucasArts proved that in the 90s. Like, if any time a new, hot new game came out, LucasArts would just be like, oh, well, we'll just make one of those, but with, with Star, Star Wars. Wars. And, like, yeah. that's what Dark Forces was. Uh-huh. It was what... uh TIE Fighter and X-Wing were in the wake of Wing Commander. It's what, you know, it, it's what uh, Rebel Command, uh, Republic Commando was. It's like, oh, like a Halo style, kind of like more boots on the ground. Thing. Oh, we'll do that with Stormtroopers. Like A Star Wars action RPG would be Megaton. People would oh, lose yeah. it. I mean, like if you just play a Jedi, you know, it, it would be the, it's the Star Wars equivalent of the Harry Potter RPG. You yeah. Know, of the Harry Potter, like, you go to Hogwarts for seven years and you, you know, you build your, you know, basically like, like that phone game, but like, as an actual video game, an actual game, yeah. um, like, but that would be kind of you know yeah. the Kotor of Harry Potter. You know, imagine I'm, I'm imagining like Kotor, but with like action-based combat. You know, think, think yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn with lightsabers. That would be um, huge. It would be awesome. <laughs> yes, it would. Like, but like, it's one of those things where it's like that is amazing, and everyone has probably thought of it. But, wow, that would cost a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's like, it'd be, it, it would make a lot of money. It would make a lot of money. but cost yeah. a lot of money. It would be a lot of work. It would be a lot of talent required. Like, you know, is EA willing to take that plunge? Mm. But, like, man. Like especially, be, especially like especially in the current climate of EA where it's like there has to be multiplayer. There has to be games as a service. There has to be, you know, so... The idea that they could get away with making some kind of giant RPG seems not realistic at all. Yeah. Um, so that's why I said like kind of a Jedi Outcast thing where it's like, oh, it's like a you got a shooter campaign style thing in it. And then you get uh, multiplayer with sabers and, you know, like a For Honor style thing. And there you yeah. go. So EA, other than that's pretty much EA. Yeah. I mean, obviously the sports
0: games. Um, the only thing I really wanted to mention about all yeah. the sports games is that Madden last year made big strides with its story-based campaign, and the guy left. (laughs) He left! Finally, Madden nudged itself in the right direction, and the guy who was behind it all left. So, who knows? Who knows if they're gonna expand on that further. Uh, If you guys remember, the story mode only lasted like three hours. I'm hoping at the very least they can expand it. And it wasn't that the story mode was amazing. It was surprisingly good. It wasn't amazing. But it was just a sign that they were headed in the right direction with the franchise. Now, who knows? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we'll see FIFA, maybe NBA Live. Although I'm surprised EA continues to support that. That would be surprising. Yeah, I think, um, I
1: think we'll see. You'll we'll see Madden, and we'll see a big thing on FIFA, and they'll bring out um, some <laughs> They'll bring out some people I've never heard of, right? Um, <laughs> because I'm an American and we don't care about soccer. Yeah, um, I, even even I've heard of Pele. Well, um, he's like the greatest soccer player ever, even though it's probably not true anymore. But
0: back then, he was like a trans. He was to, like the to Michael- me, he is because I he was, don't care. Here's <laughs> a better way to describe it. He was like the Michael Jordan of, right. of soccer, I guess. Yeah, but oh, uh, now you're
1: getting into the hole. Like, would Michael Jordan be the Michael Jordan of basketball? Oh, right, if you because now we today. got now we
0: got LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we don't want to talk about sports games too much, but that was my one thing. It's like you know, I like Madden, I like sports, and to finally see the franchise heading off and on a new path and a good path and then have like the games director leave it's like dang man like what do you gotta do pay the man EA pay the man make it impossible for him to leave yeah I don't know I'm sure EA just looks at Madden as just a cash cow yeah They're Madden's like, always gonna do they probably it look at it like look that story mode the critics liked it but ultimately did it matter not really because what sells Madden is head to head yeah. people playing do you, do you, do you think
1: the story like the, the story mode is gone in the new one? I don't think it'll be
0: gone but i don't think it'll be expanded all that he probably much. won't
1: star an oscar winner probably not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean he didn't win he didn't win the oscar when they did the, right right the, the, but still yeah so Herschel ali is not like that's not low low tier talent yeah that's, yeah
0: i'm guessing that they pr- it's probably just about the same except it just has a new plot a new because it's all about players coming up right. from college and they'll just pick two new players and they'll have the same buddy buddy plot and all that crap so Um, we'll see but again we'll see all that tomorrow don't forget ea's press conference kicks off tomorrow at around noonish i believe we'll see you on sifted for that uh next we're going to talk about a game that was just announced yesterday shockingly i might add this was something that was never leaked
1: i thought it was leaked well i mean no i don't think it was i saw something a couple days ago about it and then like suddenly it was announced oh i was not aware of that I, I like saw. I said, I've been busting my mm-hmm. ass this week. Like, I haven't had time to do anything but just... There was some rumor that came up about, like, oh, Hitman's coming out. It's going to be through uh, Warner Brothers and... No, I didn't see it. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, oh, Warner Brothers.
0: Well, yesterday it was confirmed. Hitman 2. And it's really weird because if you go, like, today I was going to uh, grab the trailers for B-roll because that's all we have. There's no gameplay mm-hmm. yet. And uh, I noticed that even Warner Brothers had tagged it to Hitman 2... And what, what did YouTube pull up? Like, the old Hitman 2. <laughs> so their trailer is tagged to this game that's, like, 15 years old or whatever. I'm like, okay, you, now you're seeing what I'm talking about here. Why do you guys keep rebooting and not renaming? Mm. Uh, but anyway, it's Hitman 2. It's coming, like, in November. Like, November 13th. And it, what's really shocking about the fact that it's coming in November is that it's not episodic anymore. So... This whole game is supposed to be done by November 13th. Mm-hmm. Also, if you pre-order the game, you get this free cooperative mode that I believe you can play, like, right now. Hmm. Um, which is a pretty good incentive to get people. And I, actually, I think the name of the co-op mode is the same as the subtitle for the original Hitman 2. So I don't I don't know if the studios just like having some fun and like playing with it now, but it seems like there's all kinds of little plays on whatever going on there. Uh, as you mentioned, published by Warner Brothers Interactive, who published all the good Batman games and
1: a lot of Lego stuff,
0: and that's pretty yeah. much it. Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, yeah, they have MK and Injustice. I think, I
1: think we will see Mortal Kombat 11 this year. Do you? Yes. It's
0: time. Yeah, we don't have Warner Brothers as one of the publishers we're covering today Mm -hmm. because obviously it puts out like one game a year if you're lucky. Uh, So we didn't include it, but you think that that's going to happen? Yeah, it's time. It is. But there have been lots of games where you're like, it's time, but...
1: Yeah, but Nether, NetherRealms realms works on a real tight schedule, and there's no reason for them to really have to sit back and reinvent anything. Yeah. So they've just, you know, they've been doing Mortal Kombat, Injustice, Mortal Kombat, Injustice, and now it's time for Mortal Kombat.
0: There, Ed Boon has also put up some cryptic tweets yeah. that point towards that. So yeah, I wouldn't. I be think surprised Warner either.
1: Brothers, you're gonna, you've got Hitman 2, you're gonna see Lego DC Super Villains, uh, another Walmart, correct yeah. call, and. Uh, um, what you call it? Uh, Hitman. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 11, and uh, maybe a little thing on whatever the Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War update is going to be, and some DLC. That'll mean. be that. Do you uh, do you
0: think it was a good decision to ditch the episodic structure for Hitman 2? Uh, that's why I didn't play the last one. It was too hard to keep up with. Yeah, and I think that is kind of the problem. And here's what I would say: well, is also, I felt like IO Interactive did it the right way. Like there yeah. was always something new happening. They never let the game just get stagnant. Yeah, there was
1: always something to do every week. And, and I think like, you need to do that. And I had one of my friends uh, in the press like actually at E3. Uh, when, was, when was that out? Was that last year or the year before? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was two years ago yet. when it was first you know, in the process of coming out. And uh, he actually arranged with Square to, to go on one of their Hitman kiosks with a with internet, so he could sign on in his account and get the assassination for that week, so he didn't miss it really because he was in in, in l a oh that's all, cool the whole time <laughs> he was gonna miss the that's the target of opportunity or whatever yeah, it was. yeah. like he was gonna miss it because he wasn't gonna get home in time, and so they let him go and, and do it like on the floor that was, that's three but it got too
0: confusing. it's like they were putting out trailers for every target, mm. and it's like, hey, this guy appears from now until like. The appointment gaming is tough. I think yeah. it's hard to tell people, "Hey, you need to play this game from now till then, or you're gonna miss this stuff." Because I feel like a lot of people, when they hear that, they're like, "Well, I'm just gonna miss it."
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's. I mean, it's a cool idea, but it's like you you run the risk of turning the game into work. Yeah, and um, some of the windows on those those assassinations were pretty short. Uh, I never got into it because it was just the price just felt a little high, and I don't like Hitman very much. Uh, so like it was never quite impulse buy level. And then I've looked at it. I've looked at um, you know the full package after it was all out, and it's still too expensive <laughs> to yeah. me. Like it's it's like I get that they did a lot of work and they supported it very well, but like it's just not. Um, I never I never jumped in on it because it was just the the price was very high.
0: I played some of it. Um... I, didn't, I was not, and look, I'm not really that guy anyway. I'm not the guy who gets into a game as a service and just keeps playing it for months. I, I just can't. Mm. Um, and that was the big problem for me with this game. They, it was like an IV drip of content, and I'm like, bro, I don't have time to put the needle in the arm. I can't sit here while you drop little drops of content into my arm. I need a chunk of this stuff to play it all at once so I can form an opinion on it. So I believe I ended up giving it to a freelancer to write the game eval for Sifted. Um, but then it got really weird because he reviewed the first chunk that they put out and then it's like okay so what do you want me to review now do you want me to review every target that comes out like because there was no real clear like here's dlc pack number two here's dlc pack number three it was always this breadcrumb trail and it made it very hard to assign for someone to cover it and eventually we just stopped Um, I think we had him do, like, one other follow-up after that, and we paid him, like, a little less than we paid for the original review for him to play the new content. And then I realized, I'm like, this could go on forever, and it did. Hmm. I mean, it did. It went on for, like, a year and a half or two years. So I think it was absolutely the right decision to make this just a standalone game, maybe with one or two DLC packs like most games. Um, I'm sure they ran the numbers and did the math and said that that's probably going to make the most sense for them as well as far as making money on the game. Or maybe Warner Brothers was like, oh, no, bro, you're not doing, like, <laughs> you can do it on your own time or on Square Enix's time, but you're not doing it like that on our time. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a full-fledged game. It's coming out November 13th. That definitely makes me nervous because they were working on DLC for the first Hitman
1: up until, like, two months ago. So, yeah, but I think they're a big enough team that they, and also it's like, how much is it really going to change? You're really just making missions. No, you're right. You know? Yeah. I
0: mean, you already have the engine that you're using on Generation Eight. You don't have to build your engine or anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's there's just cutting and pasting stuff together. Yeah, at you this don't point.
1: need to really re- reinvent the wheel on this one. You just need to make more. Yeah, and clearly that's what they've been doing already. So yeah, although they have a co-op mode now, man. Who's the other person? What is do you they, mean in the, the, the co-op other person? Mode. Like, who, are you Agent Forty Eight? Oh, I don't. Or, or I don't is, even know if Agent 47's even in the co-op you're, mode. You're just two other hitmen from the same. I don't think washing program. Do the whatever.
0: characters really matter in the
1: Hitman franchise? They have a deep lore. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I barely played any of these games. Like, yeah. it's, it's they're just...
0: they're too boring for me. In all honesty, what well, I find them frustrating. It's all like,
1: trial and error. Yeah, yeah so, they've never been they... able to
0: really get away from it. And I don't really care about the disguises thing. No. Like, I've,
1: I've enjoyed, like, I've watched some, like, playthroughs of things, of levels where, like, some, you know, here's where I blow the hot tub up, and I drop a guy through the, the glass-bottom pool into to his death. That's cool, but it's like, it takes him 20 minutes to get everything in place for him. It's like, I don't have that kind of patience. It's a lot like it's the like old board like game Mousetrap. Exactly.
0: That's what I was going to say. It's a lot like the old board game Mousetrap. It takes 20 minutes to set it up, and then you get, like, five seconds of enjoyment mm-hmm. out of it, and it's over uh i agree with you that's the way i've always felt about hitman i know there are people out there who love it uh when i was working at game trailers we had uh, this one guy chris Wynn. it was literally his favorite franchise wow. of all of them which I'd we're rather... very happy about because we're like okay well that's good now every time one comes in guess who's gonna play it
1: yeah, i'd rather watch <laughs> someone that knows what they're doing play this game absolutely which is, which is a rarity like I, I, I normally prefer to play things myself yeah but like this one i'm just like um i'll just watch you do it
0: yeah Well, the other part too is like i said it is a lot of trial and error and if you want to set up these elaborate ruses where you you lure you go up to the roof and you rig this like sandbag to hang over the sidewalk and then you go talk to four people and then eventually you get the one guy away from the group and you lure him over to the sidewalk and then you have to give the signal to the guy on the roof to cut the rope on the sandbag and then the sandbag falls It's like, you're right,
1: like a 30-minute setup for, like, 60 seconds of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And And you. I'd rather let somebody do it that knows what they're doing. God help you, that NPC takes one step in the wrong direction. Right. Yeah, yeah. which happens because these
0: games are generally riddled with bugs. They're always buggy and weird and funky, and you never know if what's supposed to happen is actually going to happen. So, I don't know. Again, because of the history of this studio, releasing buggy games November 13th seems really crazy to me. So, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, yes, coming for PC, PS4, Xbox One, November 13th. No word on a Switch version yet. Um, IO Interactive has enough problems getting this running on, yeah. Generation 8. I, I highly doubt you'll see it on Switch, unfortunately. But uh, there you go. Hitman 2. We'll have a lot more of that, I'm sure, from E3. Will we cover it? Probably not.
2: Hmm.
0: Maybe. Maybe when it Probably comes not. out. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, okay let's move on to Bethesda Bethesda's press conference is Sunday earlier than it usually is remember last mm-hmm. year it started at 9
1: p.m Pacific yeah which was silly. it started at midnight on the east Coast and a part of that I think was because like they like to do a little, it was a little party beforehand for people are showing yeah. up it was dinner and that mm-hmm. kind of thing but like Come on. That makes no sense. No. This year it's at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. If the Oscars can start early for the East Coast, you, Bethesda can, can start, start early. You start Bethesda. For God's God sake, Bethesda, <laughs> you're from the East Coast. You know the struggle. Yeah.
0: I don't think anyone hates pre-E3 more than Bethesda at this point. <laughs> it's had a really rough go of it. I mean, it's basically exposed two of its biggest games before the mm-hmm. show even starts. Um, obviously, Fallout 76 already out there we have a very simple teaser trailer for that
1: um that doesn't I mean, that really show intentional much of, though
0: that it's just a teaser trailer or well, mean,
1: they they that wasn't a leak they right they knew they were going to announce that yeah, rage, yeah they knew they were going to put out that teaser rage 2 first. pete hines did not seem too pleased. no
0: yeah, um, <laughs> definitely not yeah
1: it seems as if fallout although there were rumors already floating around that they were going to show fallout something oh yeah but like I figure the twenty-four hours of blank live stream with Fallout Boy and stuff was only <laughs> a pretty planned. good sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, rumors
0: are it's an online survival game. Sounds about right. Game as
1: a service. Yep, sounds about right. I mean, they're they're due. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's they put out so many single-player games that don't sell and like. Um, you know, they can have this one. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not super interested. Probably, I'm not a survival game or a games as a service fan. And Fallout to me is more of an isolated RPG experience. But like, if this is what they're gonna do with it, if it can makes it makes them some money, cool. I have no problem with it. But Bethesda has been good to single player gamers. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't really. And How can you give them
0: grief? They're one of the last publishers standing up for people. Certainly, like that.
1: I don't think you know this. This is not Fallout Five. It does. It is not going to take the place of Fallout Five. Right. I'm sure we'll still see Fallout Five. One and day.
0: that's the thing. Like I've seen some people online saying, "Oh well." I don't want this replacing Fallout. This is not replacing not going Fallout. To do that, no, the Fallout Five would be nowhere near done right now, no. and it's not. They're working on
1: it. You'll it's see Elder Scrolls Six done. before you see Fallout Five.
0: You would think. I mean, it just makes sense that mm. that would work out that way. But this in no way affects what's going on with Fallout Five. No, it's
1: not even the Bethesda. It's not the same team. team. The, f- you need something for the Battle Cry guys to do. <laughs> pretty much, go. they're like, "Hey, we bought this studio and we canceled their game. Like,
0: what can we do with them?" I don't know. Make a, make a Fallout survival.
2: Yeah, game. online
0: because that's what their game was before Battle yeah. Cry. So it makes sense. It's
1: no harm, no foul. If it ends up being crappy, so what? Yeah, it's just you know, it's just another Fallout spinoff that didn't work out too well. If like, it ends uh, up being that way. Yeah. Fallout. But I have a feeling with Bethesda, I th- look, it's going to be better than Fallout Brotherhood of Steel. Yeah. How about that.
0: I think that's <laughs> that's not yeah. a very hard high bar, <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right on that one. So. Uh, and then, obviously, Rage 2, which we already talked about. It seems to me a huge departure uh, from mm-hmm. the first game. It looks like it is, anyway. Uh, the art style seems completely different. It looks like it may be set in a completely different territory. The, is, it, is this the Just Cause guys? You say? Yeah. yeah. Um, game's looking good. Supposed to be an open-world doom, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm okay. With circle strafing in an open world, I don't know how that works. Because the thing about circle strafing is that makes it exciting is when you're in confined spaces. Having a big
1: open desert to circle strafe, I guess uh, then it's more like Serious know, Sam. I, I did a lot of siri- circle strafing in Serious Sam. But yeah. Serious Sam is mostly just big open spaces. <laughs> well,
0: Serious Sam is mostly just a flat piece right. of dirt.
1: Flat piece of dirt with men screaming and running at you. Yeah,
0: but there's a reason Serious
1: Sam has never been a big franchise as well. Yeah. Neither is Rage. You don't think they're. Well, I mean, the first Rage sold pretty well. Yeah, it didn't sell well enough that I thought we were going to get another one. It
0: didn't sell Elder Scrolls level or no. Fallout level, but it was a brand new IP at but the But at time. that
1: point, like, at this point, it's like, that's pretty good by Bethesda new IP standards, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Not even new IP, even some of its old IP, its sequels yeah. haven't done great. It definitely needs a, a hit at this point. It definitely uh, feels like it'll, be, it'll make more of a kind of a you know, mind-share impression than, like, Dishonored 2. I think it absolutely will. It already has for me. I'm already more interested in Rage
0: than Dishonored, just Mm -hmm. by
1: this trailer. Well, I feel like Rage is not going to make me feel like I'm, like, failing. Yeah. My problem with Dishonored is how often it makes you feel like if you kill people, you're just sort of, like, not playing it right. Right. And, like, which I don't even agree with, because I think playing, like, Did you try to play it without killing anyone? I did, and I thought it was... (laughs) I didn't think it was very fun.
0: It was no fun. It was just brutal and no fun.
1: Yeah, and so like, but then like, it makes you feel it's like, oh, everything's going crazy because you're killing people. It's like, well, screw you. Well, they that, make it. So why it's do I sword then? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Dishonored, but,
0: and I did like the original Rage, so I'm pretty excited for that one. Uh, here come the questions. Mm-hmm. Doom 2 They were going to see Doom Two. Mm,
1: probably not. How it, come? It, it's time. It's about time, but I also think it's too redundant with Rage and um agree it, you know I mean, it, if
0: they're describing it as open world doom then. yeah
1: it takes its time on things as well and um usually has some new tech to integrate and stuff and they can take time we I could maybe see like something like you remember like when they did with like unreal what, what was it not nah, came unreal not unreal was it unreal quake Quake. Champions. quake champions yeah um uh, where they did something like that with that where like, they like they showed a kind of a little teaser thing and a logo. I could see that for Doom Two. Yeah. Just to let you know it's coming. Right. But I feel like that's far enough out that Bethesda's probably not messing with that too much.
0: Yeah, though. Bethesda has a habit of, hey, we're gonna show it to you and hey, by the way, you're gonna play it in like two yeah. months. I love that about Bethesda, which also is why, you know, the, the rumored release date of July sixth for Fallout seventy six mm-hmm doesn't shock me all that much.
1: It would also explain why they got out ahead of it so much.
0: Exactly, yeah. So I would not be surprised if we're actually playing Fallout 76 in four weeks or less.
1: Yeah, July release date doesn't seem crazy. At
0: all, particularly with this publisher. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then here's the last question, the biggest question everyone's asking.
1: Are we going to see Elder Scrolls 6? No. You don't think? I would like to, but I don't. I mean, teaser at best, but probably nothing. I think we will. And here's why
0: I think we will I think we will because to me, Bethesda never would have done this, shown these two games early, if it mm. didn't have an ace in its pocket.
1: Well, my fantasy team would certainly hope you're right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I bet. That's, chances a but, are, that's a
0: certified 95 or yeah, higher. Because chances Guaranteed. are, if
1: they show it, it means it's coming out this year. No, you're right. And it's due. I mean, it is, it is. beyond due. But they've constantly said, like, mm, still, we're working on the new engine. We don't, The tech's not there yet. Da-da-da-da-da.
0: I think they're absolutely going to show it. Because, I look, I know a lot of people who work at Bethesda personally. Like, they're friends of mine. Like, the head of PR, I have been at mm-hmm. her house a bunch of times. Like, I, I went and played Metal Gear Solid 2 at her house for review and stayed there for like a week straight. I know the people that work there. And so I've been watching them come into LA and fallout 76 has that big Figueroa coveted Mm -hmm. billboard right outside of E3. Every one of them has been going and taking their pictures in front of it, which I totally get. But every single one of them are like, this is going to be Bethesda's best E3 ever. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a press release that they're putting out for all the gamers to see. This is for the four or five hundred people that they're friends with on Facebook to see. And I just I think it's happening. Everything to me is lining up for Elder Scrolls 6 to be shown. Well, it'd be not- I mean, it has been seven years. It's been seven years. They showed two huge games already. Mm -hmm. So to me, that they're saying internally, like, we don't need these games to make an impact. Mm -hmm. What else could they possibly have that would make them say to themselves? We can show Rage early. We can show a new Fallout game early. And it's not going to steal our thunder. There's just one. Starfield. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's Elder Scrolls VI. That I mean, I think we're going to see it. I'm pretty confident that we're going to finally see the next Elder Scrolls. And consequently, it will probably end up being game of the show. Mm. I hope you're right. Yeah. yeah I bet you do. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty positive that we're going to see something. And this is no insider information. This isn't me talking to anybody. This is just me putting the puzzle pieces together from what I've seen and what I've heard. Um, so
1: that to me is really exciting. Because they might be talking about the, their new Fallout card game. Yeah. For free. <laughs> speaking, download it now. Speaking of Starfield,
0: why are people so hung up on this game? So. Somebody sends a question to Pack an E3 question, and they're like, what is your most anticipated game of E3? And one of three games that yeah, they list that. was yeah. Starfield. Now, Pack, I, did, Pack didn't know what it was. <laughs> now, I obviously have heard of it and know what it is, but Pactor has never even heard of it. Right. Most people have never even heard of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Why are people well, so I, jacked up over this? Be, I think because when you, when you think of that, you're thinking like, you're thinking about like a space, like a mass effect game made by the people who made Skyrim. I guess. Like, like the idea of like something that like, you know, a Bethesda, you know, in-house like Star Wars kind of space opera game where like you can go to all these different planets. I mean, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the no man's sky thing, you know, where it's like, you, you kind of show this idea of this space idea and it's like people, people have this there's this hunger for this like open world go do what you want fly a starship fly a space fighter like land on a planet look around the planet do rpg style things go do another plan like there's a hunger for this game idea it's why people no, have th- there is the throw millions and, millions and millions of dollars at star citizen yeah that's and what i was gonna all say like, to, i mean star, it's look like, no further than star citizen so like i think when you and when, none of them have ever become what people wanted them to be either right but like Starf I mean, so Starfield when you say like and Starfield I think also this the title conjures up the idea of like oh this it's like Starflight, you know, the old Starflight game where it's like you can go all these different stars, you had to chart the whole big galaxy and land on all these planets and find stuff and fight aliens and do that. You know, the idea of that in a modern context by the people that made Fallout and and uh, and Elder Scrolls, like that could be amazing. Or it could be a freaking mobile game like you know no one knows anything about this game like there's you know so i think it's it could be another battle cry i think it's that it's shown once and never seen again oh absolutely could be that but that's the thing and they haven't even shown it yeah all we know is that it's in their freaking trademark thing right yeah it's like, I think it's just that thing that gamers do sometimes with stuff like No Man's Sky, where they they you know they take this idea and they just run with it to this crazy extreme. And their imaginations run and, wild. Yeah. You know, you know, and it's, it can be worse when, you know, now you're talking about a, a developer pedigree, as opposed to No Man's Sky was more like they showed this vertical slice and everybody just sort of, their imagination ran wild. With this, it's like, oh, well, the people that made Skyrim are going to make this. What could, what could a space game by these guys be? That'd be amazing. You know, instantly yeah. your, your mind goes all these different places. Um, and it's just, mm, yeah. who knows what it freaking is, you know? People are jacked up about and it. And look, like, if they come out and it's not Elder Scrolls Six and it is Starfield and Starfield is some kind of Skyrim-style take on the Pre-2 idea, like, yeah, that could be pretty freaking awesome. It could. You know, I mean... I, I don't understand... think the team that makes Elder Scrolls is making the game, though. Yeah, I don't know what... I mean, I don't think anybody knows anything, right? right. It's, it's just like the idea of... Bethesda, the people that gave us these games, putting out a space opera kind of star exploration game, is an exciting one. Yeah. Um, but does it exist? We don't even know. You know, like so. I understand why people are excited. I'd like to play that game too. I mean, hell, if, if the respawn game is X-wing versus Tie Fighter, I might just pass out right there. I mean, I don't know. I... <laughs> no one'll see it though. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be here
0: by yourself on the couch. Uh, we got we got to move on. We're uh we still got a lot of show to go and not a ton of time. So that's it for Bethesda. And we will be here on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific to experience Bethesda's press conference with you, where we will all see The Elder Scrolls VI for the first time. You heard it here, not first. (laughs) All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Dead or Alive VI very quickly. This game was just announced today. Another one of those cases where we have the advantage of doing a show on a Friday. Uh, literally, trailer just put out today. IGN had the exclusive on it. We're giving them credit there in our B-roll. Um, does, did this game need to be made, Matt? No. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, seriously. But Dead or Alive 5 was a gigantic moneymaker through DLC, so it does not surprise me that they are making it.
0: Well, then there's what? Dead or Alive final
1: round or what yeah, is it that's called? five that's, yeah. that's that's the perfect that's the free-to-play of version yeah. of it though where they just sold yeah. tons and tons of that was a gigantic gigantic money maker for for techno um so yeah the idea that they're doing another one not shocking at all what is the unique selling proposition of dead or alive uh, boobs and um i mean we
0: get boobs in every game
1: not like this though. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the that's it the It is appeal. It is Team Ninja. Um, is boobs and the uh, the counter system basically the, ca- the kind of the paper rock scissors counter system? The ring system, the really though, isn't it?
0: Where you're kind of trapped in a ring, and then the ring has like hazards. That's that, part that was like of it, the, that was
1: like the big new element for Dead or, Alive, Dead or Alive Five. No, that was that's always been in Dead or Alive, like knocking people through the through the. Not the early ones, but, like, once you hit three, you're knocking people down into the crazy, like, you know, animation. No, the were- multifaceted stages have been, you're right, have been a
0: part, But yeah. in five, it was, you could get harmed by them. So there was, like, the mm. cages that were
1: electrified, and so a part of the you strategy always... was, like, staying away from the edge. Right, well, you always got hurt when you got knocked from one part of a stage to another. Um, it's just better graphics, really. Like, that's all it was. But it's like, I look at a lot of other fighting franchises, and I can say,
0: okay... This is why this one deserves to exist. Not all of them, mm-hmm. but most of the big ones. I can understand why this franchise still exists and still does well. Other
1: than, like you said, to boobs, I really don't get why Dead or Alive is as big a deal as it is. Well, that's the thing is, it isn't really that big of a deal. Like, in the fighting game world, it's a non-issue. Yeah, it's I mean, it's not really a part of the competitive P- people scene People do not play competitively. Um, I don't fully know why because it's not as great, you know, it's not any dumber than a lot of the other no, games that right. do get played competitively. It's just it never quite caught on in that regard, um, but it's sort of just like a fun little fighting game. Um, part of it might, might also be that it's very hard to play it online because the split-second timing on the counters like yeah. kind of gets ruined online. Yeah. You, you have to be a little more psychic to pull that off. Yeah. Um, it's also traditionally had a stronger store. I mean, the 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 Dead or Alive Five exists because they wanted to put one on the current gen consoles. I mean, right. that's all. You're just updating the tech, basically. Um, I guess it's time to put a new one out. To up, you know, that does look better than Dead or Alive Five. We're seeing there, yeah. um, and the car- you know, the characters do have a following. Like it's sort of, it might be like a Star Trek movie thing where it's like we know exactly how many people are going to buy this, and we know how much money to spend on it. So there you go. Like I'll just, say this much though. If you were to say, Shane,
0: give me as many characters as you can from each fighting franchise, I would say probably Dead or Alive would be the franchise I could name the least ones for.
1: But I could probably name all of them.
0: Really? Real yeah, i played all the games. I mean, so I, like lie,
1: but the characters just aren't
0: memorable to me. That's- They're all just girls with big boobs with a different gi on.
1: Yeah, but like that's the whole thing in anime. <laughs> I mean, the, the the waifu thing is a big deal. Yeah, but yeah. I can I can name you know there's there's uh, obviously there's Hayabusa and right. uh, Kasumi and um, Ayane Ayane the ninja guy. Those are the three ninja I Gaiden can always crew. name. Yeah, we've got Christy, who's my favorite to play as, because she's got, she's the praying mantis style. She's she's the character I'm probably best at after Hayabusa. Um, you got Zach who dresses like a freaking teletubby. You got to remember him. Um, there's Ayn and and those guys. There's like a couple guys that all look the same uh there's uh, uh tina who's the crazy wrestling chick from from down south or texas or whatever oh, right and, she has and, like
0: the cut off jean shorts right
1: and uh her da- and there's john lee the bruce lee wannabe and we've got uh uh what's his name the the, the hulk hogan lookalike whose name i can never remember um Tina's father. Um, and you got uh, uh, Helena, who's the super rich uh, French woman who's like tends to be the sponsor of things. And... So you're starting to lose me now. Like See, I, I'm really not. Your name. I know. Fires and I don't know who they are. I know the lore. I'll tell you. You know, <laughs> H- Helena walked around in a fancy dress while her mansion was on fire and Aerosmith was playing. Like that was a, a great moment in the front. No, it wasn't really. I don't know. what The Aerosmith <laughs> thing is. I'm glad that's over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the people that follow the games love the characters. Like the characters are kind I mean, of I mean, I don't raw. follow Dead or Alive. But um, I'm just saying,
0: like, as a semi casual fighting game guy who's played a lot of fighting games through the years, those characters do not are not memorable to me. Like I don't remember mm-hmm. like I remember the Ninja Gaiden characters
1: for obvious reasons, but everybody else, it's just like a blur. I think uh, I think that's unusual for people who follow the series to any any degree. I mean I don't follow the it's series. It's a very character driven series. Uh, even more than your average fighting game, I would say. Um, but you have to be into it. Yeah. Um, it's why the Dead or Alive Extreme games work. Because they're about the characters. And you want to see those characters mostly new. Do they work? Well, they sell. You mean why do they make money? They do well. <laughs> and that first one was actually... To boobs. <laughs> <a> dec- <laughs> the first one it's was actually... A- boobs. Well, yeah. I, was, I didn't say that by accident. But I'm, you know, the first one was actually a pretty decent volleyball game. Yeah, it was. And they just got rid of... Well, no. Then it just became girls riding inflatable horses and running across pools on stepping stones and And then they made money yeah and then they're like oh we don't even need to do a volleyball (laughs) game screw that we just need to
0: make the girls look perverted in in new ways yeah that's pretty much how it worked out
1: anyway so that's dead or alive six that's also the plan for dead or Alive five final round i mean no you're right absolutely buying all the dlc for that would cost you something like fifteen hundred dollars yeah yeah it's and insane. they made a ton, free to play a game. A ton of money. You could, off of that. Yeah, just like the drug dealer. First one's free. You got to yeah. pay for the rest. And, uh, and the rest, by the rest, we mean uh, Santa Claus bikinis. Yeah, yeah. Did you see anything in that trailer that looked new? Um, no. Me
0: either. Not really. No, um, I didn't see a single element. It looks prettier. Oh yeah, the graphics are improved for for sure. Yeah. But otherwise, I don't see any new gameplay elements or anything like that.
1: Um, it's the sweat the sweat but that was that was there in in five i mean that was the big deal with five i mean the new stages add some new wrinkles i guess i don't know if this kind of like i mean the guy's pushing you back into the ring that's new is that Um, new yeah i don't certainly not to that degree um
0: i don't know it looks exactly the same
1: all that, I mean, I've, I certainly have never seen somebody push you back in like that, but that's more just like another way of having you bounce off the off edge of a the rail, stage. rail,
2: yeah.
1: It yeah, I mean, it looks like the same game, Looks better like Dead or Alive, but prettier. Yep, I mean, pretty much. And that could be enough. I don't know. Kasumi's got a new outfit. That's cool. It's
0: like uh, Samus.
1: Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> like, a, like a Samus bodysuit thing going on.
0: Yeah, so there you go. That's Dead or Alive 6. We'll be sure to get more of that at E3 as well. We're going to get more of all this stuff we're talking about at E3. Uh, next up is Square Enix. Oddly enough, the second busiest publisher at E3 2018. Again, when I started putting together lists of publishers, this is the, this will be the first E3 press event for Square Enix since 2015. Wow. So it took two years off. Uh, the last one was when it so presumably I think they got something this time. Yeah, the last one was when they debuted near auto, auto, automata, automata, whatever however you mm. say it um and yeah they have a big big lineup first of course shadow of the tomb raider um another game that just fell right outside of our uh, top 10 most anticipated for e3 2018 uh it just looks like too much of a known quantity Mm -hmm. Uh, And again this is a a game where they showed the first trailer for it and i didn't
1: see a whole lot that was different i don't really need a whole lot to be different but like it's hard to get like super excited right. about it you know, yeah I'm, you kind of know what you're getting yeah i'm looking forward to playing it but like because again they're still trying to say she's becoming the yeah,
0: tomb raider she's got to become the tomb raider she here, is but, the tomb raider now let's just move on like you got two games
1: out of that already let's t- not try to squeeze a third i mean the tomb raider was the tomb raider and then the tomb raider rose and now the tomb raider is casting a shadow right at what point does the tomb raider just go to work and to your point if Something is a casting a shadow, and you're calling
0: it that. Isn't it already that? It's yeah. the shadow
1: of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, like, what's
0: the so shadow? So you, ha- you would have to be the Tomb Raider to cast the is, shadow yes, she, as the Tomb Raider. Is she
1: casting the shadow <laughs> as the Tomb Raider, or is another Tomb Raider casting a shadow over her? Or is it her dad's shadow that they're talking about? I feel about? like she dealt with the dad's stuff exactly. the last one. She absolutely did. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still excited for it,
0: because I love the last two games. Mm-hmm. I had a blast with both of them. I thought they were great, very polished. Um... A good mix of different elements of gameplay, uh, for at least from what, I, from what I wanted from the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am excited for it, but like I said, it fell just outside of the top ten for me. Um, and this is going to get a big blowout. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing at least a 15 minute gameplay demo of this, at least. Yeah. Um. Here's a big, big X factor: Final Fantasy VII remake. I put this in the top 10 minutes anticipated hmm. at number seven, I might add. Hmm. Somebody picked up on that. Only one person picked up on it.
1: I, I give this like a 50-50. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't see a damn thing from it. But at the same time, like, I feel like if you're square, you have to know you have to show something. Like, you yeah. have to show that it exists, right. you know? like still exists, yeah. uh, Beyond, like, showing a screenshot from a monitor in a background of a photo, you know, like... Like, throw the the fans a bone. Like, I don't even like Final Fantasy VII, but it's like, stop (laughs) fucking with these people. Like, it's... Well, you think about Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, well, it's just cruel at this point. Like, show them something, give them a a bigger, you know, a deeper taste of it, give them some kind of time frame or something, commit to something. Well, I mean, they, I will say
0: this, Square Enix has not been secretive about it. Mm -hmm. when its executives are interviewed, they talk about it openly. And if you remember, they had, was it CyberConnect that was working on it at first? Yeah, and then they brought it in And they pulled it out and brought it in-house. And then all of a sudden, they just start staffing up for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been, what, about a year since they took it back from CyberConnect at this point? A little less, I think. A little less. Um, I don't know how much of the work that was done on it they could salvage or if they had to scrap it all. If they had to scrap it all, we're not going to see it. No. There's no way.
1: If well, they were
0: able to keep some of the stuff
1: that CyberConnect worked on, then then I think we have the 50 Right. Chance. Well, I think it's weird. they've been weird. They haven't been cagey about what's happening there, but they've been weirdly cagey about what the game is, what they're doing yeah. with it. How they're reinventing it, how they're reimagining it, how much of it will be a remake, how much of it will be in episodic chunks. Like, you know, people are speculating, you know, there's people speculating from like, oh, it'll, the first episode will go to the end of Midgar, um which is the end of the first disc I think of right. the original game yeah. which is a good chunk but then like some I mean, people, there's like two episodes some people think it's going to like go all the way to the end of the game it's like well no it's going to they're going to give They've you They've already a, said it's episodic. Yeah. Which is what, what gives me hope that it could be
0: shown it's because hey if you can get a 3 or 4 hour chunk of the game done within
1: the next year and a half mm-hmm. then it makes sense to show it now. Yeah, but I I don't know what they're thinking when they come... You know, uh, uh, If they go all the way to the end of Midgard, that's a 20-hour game. Right, absolutely. Well, um, I don't think this is going to be like a one-to-one remake type
0: thing. Like, I don't think you can say, okay, it took me 20 hours to get the first disc done in Final Fantasy VII, the original. Therefore, to get to that same point in the game is going to spend...
1: I'm going to have to spend 20 hours to do well, it. Well, then you're in trouble with the fan base because if this thing isn't every single thing that was in Final Fantasy VII... Brought into this full 3D world, like, you're going to get roasted.
0: I mean, they've pretty much said that it's not that, though.
1: But yeah, but, like, I mean, in, they've said that it's not, like, a straight one-to-one remake in the sense that, like, every scene will be identical. But, like, you you can't just, like, tell a different story. You can't cut side quests material no, that, right. pe- that people are expecting to see or want right. to see. Like. If- like if you get to the golden saucer and there's no chocobo racing, there's gonna be hell to pay. I think I think um, iconic stuff like right. that will absolutely but like what I'm you know, there's a lot to to put in there and like there's they're weirdly they're weirdly bashful about admitting and it's like, and it's like what what could possibly be that difficult about it? Like people make bigger <laughs> games than that today in full three I mean I know. all the time. And yeah. it's like and which, they have nothing to work from. Right. Said, they're starting the from problem? scratch with nothing. <laughs> like, you're literally, you literally have this template of this game. All you need to do is make all that shit again in 3D. That's and it. everyone yeah. will love you forever. They will. But well, instead, they they're putting said that, that...
0: They're redesigning Cloud to make him look like he did in Final Fantasy VII, which I think is a bad decision. Yeah, I don't know what... He's, but... he's absurd. He's an absurd... He, I get why they did it back then, because PlayStation could only display, like, very simple polygons. So they mm-hmm. had to make him look distinctive. He's the, he's the main character. So they give and him the like hair. they give him the crazy hairdo. Yeah, so that way when you see him, you always know it's him. That you don't need to do that anymore. And that how ridiculous
1: with, will that hair look? But without that, I mean, they've done that hair and. In- full 3d plenty of times like you know advent children and all that stuff i mean it's just you you just have to accept that it's in the same way that people can use magic and fight giant biomechanical dragons they get up in the morning and they their hair just looks like that without any preparation (laughs) i I don't know i don't get any of them. that dude would have to spend an hour in the bathroom like (laughs) styling one of those fights done more than an hour but like it's uh just you just got to go with it you know it's fine it's like you know look iron man wouldn't be able to put his suit on by himself either yeah it's it's, um so it's that's fine it's just a a conceit of the genre i guess but like what i just don't understand why it takes so long how you know because and you know and you had square's got such a history of weird excuses for stuff where it's like well it's you know the 3d era it's so in hd it's so like you can't make cities because the cities are too complex like and elder scrolls is like uh there's like 14 cities (laughs) and i don't know what the hell you're talking about like yeah, I don't know, and and then like Final Fantasy fifteen had city yeah. areas, like you know yeah. they did it, didn't they? It's yep. like you know that was their excuse for why Final Fantasy thirteen is a giant long path, right? <laughs> that then leads you to a field. It
0: could have just been they had their F team on it, and
1: that's they I just weren't know. skilled enough to do it. But so you're putting it at fifty fifty that it shows up. I'm, I, gonna, I'm gonna. I think a they need to show it. it, but I also like I'm used to Square just sort of like letting these things vanish. So. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna put it at 60% that it'll be there. More likely than not that it'll be there, I guess. If if Square's wise, they will find something to show of it. It has been like two years since we yeah. saw it the first time. I mean, like you gotta you
1: gotta throw the fans a bone on this one. Yeah, I'm not even a fan and I wanna see it. Uh I just feel bad for the people that like were 12 when seven came out yeah. and, and didn't know any better and thought it was good. And, and um, now they have a four hundred one k. And now they're they're you know they, they're just like all I want to do is play this game again in a new like awesome form in yeah. this thing that they've been teasing for freaking you know if you really want to go back it was that, that thing they showed to the PlayStation right. Three yeah yeah which yeah. like oh it's not really a game well then screw you like why I mean, would... that's what kind of spurred them on yeah to do it. yeah like, and so like now and then they finally announced like oh we're actually doing this thing you've dreamed about forever and now we're going to be quiet for three years right. you know it like <laughs> yeah. you know and like look I don't care about Final Fantasy seven I don't like I think it's a below-average game at best, um, uh, especially coming off of Final Fantasy VI, which is the best Final Fantasy ever made to this day and will probably remain so forever. It's time to accept it. Yeah. But, like, stop doing that to these people. Like, I, I, that's where I am at this point. I'm, I'm, it's a humanitarian crisis to me at this point. You're you're being very mean to these people who care about about Cloud. And put all the money in the bank. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3,
0: that's... that's- Pretty much a stone cold lock to come out yeah, this year.
1: I, yeah, I think so.
0: I think. After all, so here's a good example of this time last year, we would be sitting in this place saying, "God, that game may not come out until like 2025. Who mm-hmm. knows?" Uh, we had no, and that's why I I gave Final Fantasy VII a 60 percent chance instead of a fifty percent chance to be shown because. With Square Enix, you really have no idea when it's going to finish a game. There's no other publisher in the industry where you are left more in the dark on, is this game going to be at this event, or is this game going to come out this year? That Square Enix is the king of that. And we, we, I mean, even earlier this year, neither one of us thought that Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to come out this year. And here well, it I is. I put it on my fantasy team. But you, with the idea that it probably wasn't
1: coming out, and you had an alternate to take its place, right, but i was I also thought it was probably going to come out, but like I just don't trust them not to delay it right, but like it just started to feel like they were ready for this it's enough coming. Enough, yeah. enough assets had kind of popped up, and I'm like, you know what I'm going to put this on here just in case because I think that game's going to get a crazy metacritic score yeah, um it wasn't just like a joke, you know it wasn't like putting um starfield on there or right. something yeah um. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is that the uh, the hands-on preview, like the pre- the press reactions, were not very positive. Um, that's not
0: very surprising to me, though. I mean, as far as gameplay is concerned, it's not great. Oh yeah, but like, you and, know, if you don't how much that about reflects the, the Metacritic
1: stuff, score in the end is, right. is worrying to my fantasy team. Oh, got you, got you. Um, yeah, that, it
0: doesn't surprise me at all that the press was like, "This game kind of plays like crap." Like, yeah, well, I mean, they all kind of have. And uh, that's not really what this franchise is about, though.
1: No one knows what this franchise is. About. <laughs> That's what the franchise is about. It's about nothing. Everyone is everyone is Sora. That's it's, what it's like about. when
0: you have everything, do you end up with nothing? That's kind of what this franchise is. It's like we'll just throw everything in there, but then you end up with what?
1: I don't know. Well, I'm, I was always into the, into the Kingdom Hearts games to see the Disney worlds. Yeah. Um, and then like kind of the the fact that the story is entirely about characters that are not related to that, minus Goofy and Donald kind of tagging along, yeah. has always been a little weird to me. But I mean, it makes more sense because you have more control over what you can do with those characters. Um, I mean, this looks cool. I mean, it's obviously gonna be a lot of Pixar. Yeah, Um, uh, not as much traditional Disney. My hope for in terms of the Metacritic score for the fantasy team is that. Once uh, that like maybe it doesn't demo tremendously well, but like once you get like kind of the full experience with the music and the intro and the CG and everything, you know, that'll like it'll it'll pluck. You mean once the fanboy juices start flowing? Yeah, once yeah once it once it gets it gets to have its foreplay with you (laughs) to ease you into the combat. I think that'll uh, I think that'll work. Oh, I'll tell you this: I think the game will all will most
0: definitely score pretty darn well. Like even with the journalists saying that they didn't enjoy it. When they get to hour like 18 or whatever and some obscure Disney character shows up, their hearts are going to melt and their opinions going to change. So I wouldn't sweat it too much there, Kyle. But this will be, I think, a big blowout for this game. They already yeah. had it at pre-E3 and let uh, some gameplay out from that and let the judges play it. Um, I'm guessing it will be playable on the show floor in Square Enix's booth. Could be. Which will be a really big deal. Uh, let's see what else. Dragon Quest Eleven. Already out in Japan. Mm -hmm. They just put out kind of the first English voice acting stuff this week. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that also came from the judges week or not, but uh, they did put out English gameplay and footage this week. Um, It's mid-translation right now. Mm -hmm. There's probably still a lot of work to do. Are you excited for this to come to the West?
1: Eh. This is the
0: kind of game that will have zero impact at E3, by the way. Yeah. These are the kiosks that will sit there with nobody playing them or the kiosks that people will go
1: to play if they don't want to wait in line. Yeah, that means I'll probably play it. Yep. <laughs> um, Me too. <laughs> I'm, I mean I'm interested. I've always kind of I mean Dragon Quest is not one of my big series, but I've always sort of wanted to like it more than I do. Yeah. Um and I like the the Dragon Quest games like wildly I mean you know, wildly varied from one to the I like I liked I didn't care about 1 and 2, but I liked 3, which I played back in the day on the NES. Yeah. Um, I don't like 4 all that much. I really liked 5. I really liked the PlayStation 1 game. Um, I didn't like uh, the PlayStation 2 one, because it looked... It, the the, yeah, art, the, st- the, art, the style art style was The art style was too, too Toriyama yep. for me. It was weird. Um, and then I didn't play... Uh, obviously, I didn't play the, the most recent one, because it never came here. Yeah. Um,
0: Turn based RPGs in 2018 in the West. Obviously, Persona 5 did okay. Persona
1: 5 did quite well.
0: I mean, it sold, what, 2 million worldwide? It was like like more like 4 or 5 million, I think. Was it? It did real well. It had a
1: long time. I thought it
0: only ended up selling in the US like a little over a million,
1: though. No, I think it did real well uh, overall. Huh. Like as I recall, it it was a it was a bonafide hit as far as like an Atlas game goes. I mean, that's a bonaf. If those numbers are true, what you just said, that's a bonafide hit. Period. Mm-hmm. That's not just bonafide hit for. I thought I thought I read like higher like higher closer to five million worldwide. Wow, for I, it, I which, never like, saw that. Which I was like, I saw something like that. I, mean, maybe I thought it
0: sold two million worldwide, and like surprisingly, it actually sold almost the same or a little more in in the U.S. than it did Japan. Two
1: million sounds too low from what I've been I read, but it was, I have not paid attention to Persona Five sales in a while. Um, but I definitely, I think I, if uh, this I game sold like two million, th- Square Enix would be happy. Oh yeah, I would think
0: because so. this franchise has never done well in the West. Yeah, Dragon Quest has never had really
1: any traction in the West.
0: I mean, for a long time, it wasn't even getting released here. Uh, so it mm-hmm. obviously doesn't have the cachet or the the commitment from players that games like Final Fantasy have.
1: But, yeah, but I like. I mean, I think this is a good balance in the art style. I like the like the architecture it's and stuff yeah, here. It's it a looks really game. cool. Yep. Um, will it be able to break through kind of a mainstream thing? Maybe not, but I feel like it's going to have the audience that Persona does, at least. I think this could be a game
0: you release it the first quarter of the year, and it do, a,
1: does yeah, far better than it would game. have done if you tried to go head-to-head. Maybe with it'd be like Nino Kuni 2 numbers or something, Yeah, like, which hasn't sold tremendously well. But no, it like, hasn't.
0: Yeah, it hasn't sold very well at all. But, uh, yeah, I mean, big well, in Japan, you, not quite If you can so keep here.
1: releasing the Tales games... Like, <laughs> this has got to have somewhere to be. You man. would think, okay, and here finally for Square
0: Enix, here's the big question, Matt. Will we see Final Fantasy 16? No. It's been two years.
1: So give me eight more, and we'll see Final <laughs> Fantasy 16. But
0: if you remember, they did show
1: 15 very early. Yeah, I just I don't think. Yeah, think you got it. Although it wasn't called 15 at the time. I mean, they're not barely even done updating 15. I mean there's still more dlc to come on that game yeah so and i i feel like kingdom hearts 3 is their focus in terms of kind of their big name rpg like kingdom uh, final fantasy rest
0: maybe not even a teaser trailer i don't think so i mean square enix does have a pretty good lineup without it
1: It's too soon reinvent it and also i think uh they've got another big thing to show that uh makes that irrelevant anyway you got the inside scoop on something kyle no but i have my predictions But I figured you don't want me to bring bring that up before we get to that part. Well, it's their next, so
0: perfect. Perfect Mm -hmm. segue into our next topic, our E3 2018 prediction. So I asked Matt for three, and I have three, but I also have some bonus ones, just because it's Friday night and everyone deserves a bonus on a Friday. Hmm. So... Matt, what is your
1: first E3 2018 prediction? Uh, well, I'm going to switch them here just to keep the segue going. Sam, you, you on your toes over there? OK. So I'm going to number two first. You ready for that? <laughs> uh, I think Square Enix is going to show the Avengers game. You think? Yes. Um, I didn't even
0: have it in the rundown. That was uh, a total
1: gaff on my part. Uh, so, And the reason I think this is uh, twofold. First, there's been some leaks, um, which indicates that something's floating around already. Um, what do you mean floating around? Like a demo? Or people have seen it played? Or? No, but people are talking about what it is and there's okay. like rumors about what it actually is going to be. And that usually means that someone, some editing company has seen footage or okay. no, you know, so that's usually how this happens. Second Joe Russo, one of the directors of you know, Infinity War, Avengers 4, Winter Soldier, so, you know, one of the big names in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he is coming to E3. And That's he, a pretty... And he is going to be doing some E3 Coliseum stuff. He's going to... Look, Joe is not coming to E3 unless they're showing that game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so my prediction is that they will show the Avengers game. I think it will That's be... That's their big finale for the end I think of the it press will be conference. a cross between... That's like, a big enough reason to have a press conference for the first time in two years as well. Yes. I think this also might be why we've seen Ultimate Alliance get resurrected. Uh, I think it's going to be sort of a cross between Ultimate Alliance and... Um, Like a 3d action game like a destiny kind of thing okay um like the games as a service thing i think it'll be something similar to that i also think that because it's going to be so much like that that might explain why they shut down marvel heroes Hmm. because the the gazillion game was so much like an online mashup of all the marvel universe stuff uh running around doing kind of a diablo thing i don't think it's gonna be a diablo thing like ultimate alliance was but i think it's gonna be close enough that they would not want to be competing with themselves in that regard Okay, I like that. I so that's my, my that's one of the reasons I think they don't need Final Fantasy XVI, is gonna, they're going to show the Avengers. You know what? I'll give you a 70% probability of that happening. Mm, that's a high one. That's better than 60. <laughs> yeah, it's, be- it's better than... Uh... Hashtag math. <laughs> it's better than Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> exactly. All right, my first...
0: So what I tried to do with my predictions is, I didn't want to leave anybody out. So... I, for my three official predictions, I chose one for each of the big three consoles. And then my bonus predictions are just all over the place. So my first prediction is for Nintendo. And that prediction is F-Zero SX, one is real, and two, it's being created by AM2. That's bold. Is it bold, though? Because... Does AM... I don't know what AM2 does anymore. So I did some research, Matt, and AM2 is working on a crappy free-to-play game called Boundary Break. Hmm. And that's it. So, the cupboards are bare, the table's cleared off, AM2 could absolutely make, and for those of so you who
1: don't know— they're kind of know, in Battlecry position. They're like, what are you What are you making? Right. What could you be doing?
0: And for those of you who don't know, AM2 made F-Zero GX. And there was the arcade home mm. tie-in there with, those, with that game. I, I'm not going that far. I'm not going to say, oh, this mm. is also going to be an arcade game. But it, I think F0 SX for Switch developed
1: by AM2 which is Although Nintendo Sega's is still present in the arcade scene. It is. There's a it new Mario be, Kart yeah, game would not yeah. be completely out of out it's of not. character. There wasn't there a
0: crazy thing where you could take your GameCube memory card Yeah, you into the arcade with data. you and yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so that's my pick. I think um, I'm really starting to believe one that that sheet that we that was leaked was correct. Mhm. Because, again, just like with the Walmart leaks, the more evidence that starts coming out, the more of that stuff gets corroborated. So I went with a little bit. F-Zero SX from AM2 mm-hmm. for Switch. Yeah,
1: I'll go with that. Um, the AM2 thing is, is, I think, bolder than saying F-Zero exists, but it would make sense to go back to that well. AM2 still exists, and it's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many of those people are still the same people, though. Like, we know so little about who's All of them, that. I bet. Yeah. Have you ever met, like, uh, Sega's corporate
0: in Japan? Not really. So, it's all salarymen. They're Mm. all people who have been at Sega since literally, like, the Genesis days. (laughs) They're all, like, in their 60s and in their 70s. They're all still employed there. Um, I mean, you can look at what's happened with Shenmue 3. A lot of the people working on that are people who have been around Yu Suzuki for a long time. So, uh, that whole Sega family group in Japan is pretty tight, and they've all been there all along. So... Yeah, that's my first prediction. All right,
1: ready for number two for you. Okay, number two for me is that uh, uh, I think Ubisoft is going to show or at least tease a Ghost Recon Battle Royale permutation, which I've brought up several times. But the Wildlands thing—it just seems so. It would be so easy to do it, and it's so just do a quick standalone free-to-play Ghost Recon Battle Royale with a Wildlands engine. Even the same terrain, if you have to. Now, do you think it'll be just like a standalone free-to-play thing that they put yeah. out? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think uh, most of these battle royale things are going to be that, um, because I think most—clearly not Call of Duty—but I think most of these big publishers are going to realize that one of the reasons uh, Fortnite has done so well is uh, it's free. Bail out <laughs> that footage. truck <laughs> It would have been funny if it ran him over. <laughs> like you want you want a games as a service thing that's going to pay dividends. Like be the first AAA publisher on the block to have a successful uh, battle royale game. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think I think a pretty safe uh, prediction in general is just yeah. battle royale hell yeah. in E3. I think everything is. is we're going to hear that phrase. EA so will have many something times. like that,
1: and maybe yeah. I'm wrong that it's Ghost Recon, but I do think they will have something. I'm saying, if I'm looking at what EA or Ubisoft has to work with. Ghost Recon Wildlands feels like you could make a Battle Royale mode out of it pretty easily. That engine probably already can handle that many players. Yeah. And it already deals with, you know, you've already got stuff to find and, like, picking stuff up and doing all the equipment and modifying stuff. I mean, it's all there. Yeah. So I feel it would be so easy. They'd be ridiculous to leave it on the table. Okay.
0: So my second prediction, I believe, is a prediction that I made last year that never came true. Yeah, I think you're right. But I I am holding on because I still believe in it. I just think the timing wasn't right. And this prediction is that there will be a new Banjo-Kazooie game, a real one from Mm. Rare for Xbox One, or X or whatever the hell you want to call it. And I predicted this last year. It didn't happen. Instead, we just kept on the Sea of Thieves Mm -hmm. theme. Um, I think we discussed, was it last week, about Perfect Dark, about how we just didn't think that that IP is worth reviving? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think Banjo Kazooie is one that needs reviving. I think Microsoft right now is desperate for first-party software that people are going to care about. Um, I think even though 3D platformers haven't done amazing, well, I guess Super Mario Odyssey did. I mean, it's Honestly sold. Odyssey did,
1: and I think there's room for this in the sense, like, if Ukulele had like flawlessly nailed like the 3D platformer like thing that everybody was craving, I think that a new Banjo game would maybe be a little, un, you know, unadvisable, inadvisable. But the fact that uh, ukulele kind of dropped the ball kind of opens the door to be like, hey, here's banjo. Here's yeah. here's how banjo should be, and we did it up right.
0: Yeah, and Mario Odyssey's already sold like 10 million copies. Do I believe like that.
1: that they can do that? They have the people there to do that. I don't know, but I think they might try. I think you're right. Yep.
0: So that's my prediction. That's my Xbox. prediction. Speaking of which,
1: I also think banjo will be in Smash Brothers.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, they already kind of
1: spoke about they, it. They in got public. they
0: handed at it, and it's yeah. like. What the hell why is not? My, why
1: does Microsoft have to lose nothing? nothing. Absolutely
0: nothing. Well, it, if you think about it, if you have a Banjo game coming, that's exactly what you want to have, have happen. You yeah. want Banjo and Smash Brothers, yeah, because he becomes relevant again. And then people are like, "Oh, wait, here's the new game with this weird bear." You got to realize a lot of gamers have no idea who Banjo is, who he mm-hmm. is. So if you get him in Smash, and people are like, "Oh yeah, there's there's that bear," and now he's got his own game, that helps a little bit. Oh, yeah. So
1: i mean smash brothers basically launched fire emblem in the west no you're right before that it was
0: almost irrelevant smash
1: brothers is an amazing trojan horse it is to to bring characters that you may not care about into your your sphere of influence no you're right Absolutely. So, yeah. right. that would be a good move it would also be a good move if they also if they put the banjo game on the switch no you're right but that won't happen i don't know it depends how much microsoft thinks the switch is competition or like or if they could just say it's route. a handheld it's not really yeah, no, it's not what we do like play it look it looks better on the xbox one play it there if you want to play it on the xbox yeah one. that's true not great not totally it's not um, that it's not it's insane not super yeah. far-fetched i'll, I'll like, say this
0: it's not insane yeah no they're, they're <laughs>
1: both they're both uh, and also remember like if you know microsoft and nintendo could potentially cooperate on various things the one thing that they both agree on is we gotta we gotta stop sony no you're right so. <laughs> Maybe they team up. I feel like Microsoft will make allies just about anybody they can. At, at this, this point,
0: point yeah. It's, it'll take whatever it can get. All right. Your third and final prediction for E3 2018.
1: I think that EA, in their presentation tomorrow, is going to crow and crow about the fact that there are no loot boxes in Anthem.
0: I think I will give that one 90% certainty. Yeah. There will
1: be microtransactions in Anthem, but there will, not be, there will not be loot boxes. And I think, actually, this is going to be the year of... Of, no, of, of like bragging you have no loot boxes. It's going to be the first time in history that like game publishers have a bullet point on their feature <laughs> list that is a non-feature. It's like the first time they're bragging about not having something. Yeah, yeah. hashtag but, no loot boxes. Yeah. But like, so I think they're going to be like, there will be no randomized transactions in this game. It's all buying what you want. If you, you know, I think they will make a big deal like they're doing us a favor.
0: I may even put that at higher than 90%, to be honest with you, because after what happened with Battlefront 2... Yeah, I mean, I could totally see them spending five minutes of the presentation on Anthem,
1: talking mm-hmm. about no loot, box, no loot boxes, or how yeah. it's just different from what they did with Battlefront right. Two. It's not. We're not going to do that. I, I mean, they kind of have to. If you spend do money it. on this game, you will get what you pay for, and it will. You pick what you want to buy and spend money on, and then, you know, I'm sure there will be microtransactions, but it'll be like you're not going to be buying a loot box to hope you get the red paint for your armor. Right. You're going to buy red. Paint you're going to buy the red paint for the armor. Yep. Um, and I think they're going to brag about that like it's some kind of cool thing which i think is just like you know in another, it, it, there was a time when the red paint would just be in the game when has common you know? sense become a cool yeah. thing i don't know <laughs> i
0: guess that's the but world I think we live in, in right in now also
1: in conjunction with you know actually the fact- what am i talking about common sense has become a cool thing in 2018 yeah. also then you know in the conjunction with the uh, battle battlefield 5 clearly being able to say no go screw yourself with your microtransaction stuff yeah i feel like bioware probably had an opportunity at some point to go to ea corporate and be like Okay, so you screwed us on Andromeda, and that's an IP in the in the garbage now. Thanks to you, yeah. Um, because of the rush job on that, and yeah, now true. you now you you help tank a Star Wars game, so you ain't gonna <laughs> you ain't gonna tell us what to do with the last game we have a shot at making before you take Bioware out behind the shed and shoot him in the head.
0: Uh, don't say that, Matt. Don't even say it. Don't even verbalize it. I don't if anth- it.
1: If Anthem doesn't burn the charts up, I think that's the end of Bioware. It's possible. I don't know. I think maybe they'll let him do Dragon Age first. They'll probably, you know, let squeak, it's probably
0: almost done. Let them squeak Speaking Dragon Age which, out. Speaking of which, that's an extra prediction I have. We're going to see Dragon Age, damn it.
1: We're definitely due for that. We are due for that. Maybe. Another bonus prediction. My final. I think. I think maybe it's it's unlikely in the sense that I think Bioware, all Bioware teams, I think are all hands on deck with Anthem right now.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: So it's probably got like a little team working on. They're not going to see Dragon another Age. Andromeda, that's for sure. They're no. not going to
0: see wonky faces. With I think this you stupid... got like
1: a little team working on Dragon Age up in Edmonton yeah. somewhere in the cold, but like I don't know if it'd be far enough along to do much more than a teaser trailer. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it. Maybe a title, with yeah. whatever stupid subtitle they're going to call it, Dragon Age. Reckoning, you know, they, they already did that. that judgment. Was DLC, yeah. It's gonna be called Judgment. It could be. That could be a title. Inquis- Inquisition, and uh, Judgment. Judgment. Yeah. Jud- or like Apocalypse, or, yeah. or, or Requiem. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. So here's my last official prediction. I have a bunch of goofy ones after this. My last prediction. This is for PlayStation. New game. From Team Eco and Japan Studio is announced, and then we won't play it for 13 years. Hmm. <laughs> it's been two years since the last Guardian came out. Yeah, so they're ready to announce something.
1: But like, what's? Uh, uh, they don't have the the main guy now, though. Do they? Well, he. I guess he's like on a contractor basis. Right. Like you could bring him in as a consultant. Right. I mean... For another 12 years. He eventually
0: got the last How old is he? The
1: man can only... (laughs) He's actually not that old. No? Like, he must have started on this stuff when he was really young. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Maybe it's Eco 2. Maybe it's... I can't see them doing a sequel. Like, a direct sequel to something. I'm sure they have some new... What about Shadow of the Colossus 2? Nah. Dude, imagine
0: how that would bring the house down.
1: I don't want a Shadow of the Colossus. You don't? Like, what would you do? Just climb more shit? Like yeah. it's just like I mean, what do you do in any sequel? That's not how Eco. More that's of the not how Team Eco rolls. No, you're right. It's not. They it's come absolutely. up with a new idea. It's maybe. never done a sequel, but and, the, anyway. and they take forever to realize it.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe who knows? But they're definitely due to show a new game. I try to make predictions that actually aren't easy to say. Yeah, they're going to come true. I, mm-hmm. I try to go out on a limb and predict stuff that I think, based on evidence, could possibly happen. And it's not like Team Eco is gone. I mean, they have to have been done doing something. There was no DLC for this game they weren't mm-hmm. working on it post launch I, I think maybe they issued one patch or something after it was out uh, so it's 2 years later i mean granted sony is, does seem to be very patient with that team of people yeah but they're due to at least announce or show a trailer or something team like eco that. kart
1: racing <laughs> <laughs> how awesome would that be how
2: freaking that awesome would, be pretty would cool. that be
1: like the, the like trico and like like in a tiny little cart oh, little the grand- cart, it's like <laughs> Make it so. One of the, the racetracks is one of the colossi. That
0: would be awesome, dude. Or they could just do, like, a Crash Team Racing remaster and just put all those characters in it or something. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if they did do a new Crash Team Racing or if they just remastered the old one.
1: That that would be pretty great if, like, the uh, Crash Team Racing had a, uh, it, was, it was like, the kid from Last Guardian like, in, like, a, a Trico-shaped, like, cart. Right, yeah. And it's just got a living head on the front, like, looking around <laughs> and eating barrels. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if the pickups are like barrels or whatever. It
0: will be <laughs> awesome. So there we go. There's our official predictions. And I just have a few extras here I'm just going to throw out there. Feel free to make fun of them or do what you want with them. Uh, my first one is Metro Exodus will be a Game of the Show candidate. Mm. Um, I I got to see a little bit of that game being played at last year's E3. And a lot of people did not get to see it being played or get to play it at all. And I was really impressed with it. So it, it was last year was kind of like, hey, we have this game. I feel like this year at E3 is going to be where people are like, we got this game. Come and play this game. Um, so that's one of my extra predictions. I think it's going to show really well, and it'll be one of those games that people talk about. What was the one game after last year's E3 that kind of built a groundswell Like the net, the week after the show? was it, Was it Hunt Showdown?
1: Yeah. That was like the game that like no one noticed at the time and then like yeah. all the outlets ran there like, Hey, this is the forgotten gem of E three and then yeah. everybody was hot for it. And then it came out in early access of February, nobody realized. No it. And yeah, no one even cared.
0: It did not do well. Um but I think Metro Exodus will be this year's Hunt Showdown. Mm. My next prediction.
1: Well that'll be in Microsoft's conference, I would think. Probably. Yeah. I think What else th- are they going I mean? They gotta show yeah, something. They do. Uh, well, all, the these, all, these the new, all these new all these IPs, man. It's the exclusive they forget, that everyone forgets about. Is it, is, I don't think it is an exclusive. I thought though. it was. Xbox I don't think so. No? Uh-uh. At very least, it's coming out for
0: PC, too. But I guess that kind of counts yeah, still. Yeah, that's
1: everything on the Xbox. Yeah. I, mean, I think even the next Halo will be on the, on the PC.
0: And for my next trick, VR will basically be declared dead by third parties. Like, do you mean in the sense that, like, they're not going to talk about it? They just won't care about it. I think all you're going to see going forward is VR software from Sony and Oculus and I, or games that they help fund through, like, mm-hmm. smaller indie developers. I don't think you're going to see any VR stuff from any of the third-party publishers
1: that we talked about in this episode. I think you'll see VR stuff from Ubisoft. Ubis- I don't think we will. Ubisoft does not give a fuck. Ubisoft is, is does everything. I unless
0: Sony's kicking them money to do something for PlayStation VR, I, I do not think it'll happen.
1: I think Ubisoft's still on board of the VR stuff. I think Ubisoft the, is more than any third-party it, publisher has lost its ass on VR. Otherwise, they would have canceled the next-generation Star Trek update.
0: Or it was already so far along. They're like, just finish it.
1: That's not the same thing as as actually finishing. I mean, that was six. If if they had just vanished, like no one would have noticed. Like I, I think I think they still hang on with it. Well, these even, people still made one, Wii U games for God's sake. I think by be- the
0: end of E3 most people will agree with that point and they'll be like you're right, VR is dead, Shane. I
1: don't know. I mean it's 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 not going to be dead for like major publishers maybe but like, you're still going to have that indie Little indie guys, yeah.
0: Absolutely. But, That's uh, why
1: I, I specified third parties. Yeah, third I, just, party I just don't know about the declared part because no one's going to stand <coughs> up there and be like, VR is dead. Everyone go home. Well, like, I don't think
0: anyone's going to do that in a press conference or anything yeah. like that. I think you're going to see it through their actions when they don't mm-hmm. have any VR games to show. They're not going to go on stage and be like, Sony, you are stupid. <laughs> Why would you put this thing out? Although, if anyone wants to do that,
1: please go do. ahead. Yeah, that I would mean, be great. If the Devolver Digitals, that's what they're going to do on that <laughs> yeah. show. Awesome. That would be one of the all-time Grady 3 yeah. moments
0: that we would talk about years from now.
1: I guess we'll find out when uh, Sony does their inevitable PlayStation VR montage. And right. We'll see if all of it's just Sony in-house stuff. Yep. Or stuff that's already come
0: out for or PC like, that's being ported. Or imported. like, uh, uh,
1: you know, third, you know. Stuff in- that they're indie funding. Indie stuff that Sony's publishing on their own yep. platform or whatever.
0: Uh, for my next trick. And this this sucks. It's kind of a lap over for years. But Ghost Recon Wildlands 2 will be announced. By
1: I can Ubisoft. see that. That would be kind of a, like, I can see that kind of a conjunction. Like un- the
0: unseen cash cow for mm-hmm. Ubisoft,
1: that game. Top seller of the year for most of the last half, the first half of last year. Yeah. And uh, I can see that as also kind of in conjunction with the Battle Royale yep. thing. Like, yeah, so our, our Royale, predictions no, kind of no, no, fit in no. together. Also, Wildlands 2 coming next year. Or, Wildlands 2, also, right Wait. now, you can go play Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: or w- Wildlands 2 with a Battle Royale mode. Mm-hmm. That's 200 people. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, the maps are big enough. You can fit yeah, like 2,000 people on those. And here it is, my final E3 2018 prediction. Which isn't even on this piece of paper. No, I wrote it, I wrote it in, <laughs> just like that candidate that you got to get on the ballot. It's a bonus, bonus prediction. It absolutely is. It is on Sam's rundown, though. I made sure I added that note. <laughs>
1: Sam appreciates that.
0: And my final prediction is Ninja Gaiden 4 at the Xbox press conference. Mm. And you can probably figure out where I came up with that one today. Mm. I came up with it because of Dead or Alive 6. And then I was like, wait a minute, why... Is there a new Dead or Alive when Team Ninja's flagship franchise has not had a new entry in, like, eight years? Because Dead or Alive makes way more
1: money than Ninja Gaiden does. I,
0: I don't care. It's still its flagship franchise, Matt.
1: Uh, I think, I think uh, Dead or Alive might be. Well. After what they did to Ninja Gaiden 3. Well, not in my heart.
0: In my heart, it's Ninja Gaiden, damn it. And Your, your heart
1: lives in 2004. They
0: are more than due for a new Ninja Gaiden 1. Number two, it's going to be shown at Microsoft's press conference because Microsoft has has had a relationship with Ninja Gaiden since the first Xbox. Mm -hmm. Three, Team Ninja and Ninja Gaiden is all about bleeding-edge graphics. And where can you do that? On the Xbox One X. Mm -hmm. So there it is, people. Ninja Gaiden 4, after way too long, shown at Microsoft's press conference as perhaps even a timed exclusive on Xbox. Mm. That's just my. That's just me taking the cherry because that works and, out and so just well dropping it on top of the whipped
1: cream on top of the, the ice cream. Unfortunately, that cherry is poison. <laughs> I give that would like you a, not be excited for a new Ninja oh, Gaiden? I would, I would be excited, but I think that, well, I don't know. After like the, three, it's hard. The people who made Ninja Gaiden great aren't really there anymore. Well, um, most of them are, actually. It's just Itagaki that left. Yeah, some of those guys left with him, I thought.
0: Not the good guys. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious at this point. If you look at the games that he's put out well, since I he mean, left Well, I Devil's Third
1: is no, is no prize. But it did, <laughs> the multiplayer mode surfaced again on PC <laughs> under another name. Did you see that? No. Yeah. Under another name? Because they kept control of like the multiplayer mode or something. so like, They had to it, rename it. It popped up under a different name on, on PC as an online multiplayer-only game. I did not see that. And it's all the same assets, all the same maps, the whole deal. Where they made another $20. I guess. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I get like the Wii U version of Ninja Gaiden 3 kind of fixed a bunch of stuff. It wasn't yeah. as bad. Yeah. Um, so I just don't trust their judgment quite as much anymore. I would like to see another Ninja Gaiden, sure. Hell yeah. Um, especially with modern tech, uh, that'll be cool. Um, I just feel like that's a lot to ask from Team Ninja in one year.
0: Isn't this the exact type of third-party exclusive Microsoft would announce on its stage, though? <laughs> yeah. Like this game that, like, need. maybe people don't care about all that much anymore, and.
1: But a certain group does. But right. they already have PlayStations. They're certainly not going to buy an Xbox right. for it. It's like, well, they might. But but this is also this is
0: the low-hanging fruit that Microsoft would swoop in and get. Right. And be like, hey, remember Ninja Gaiden used to be a thing on Xbox, and they wouldn't even think about the fact that most people don't care about it.
1: Anymore. Yeah. Well, it was a uh, you know it was put backwards compatible on the Xbox One yeah. X. That's true. On the Xbox One, I mean, you can play that uh, Ninja Gaiden Black at least. Yeah. Um, and still. Good. I mean, why would you play anything but black? Um, well, some people would have preferred to play Sigma. I don't know who. <laughs>
0: Even though I kind of worked on that game. V- I created, Vita, like, the... Vita fans? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Those are our E3 predictions for 2018. I think they're pretty good and pretty interesting. A lot of the E3 predictions I saw on other podcasts were just like, Nintendo's going to announce a new game. That's like, cool. Oh wow, okay. A game, Way to go out on a limb there, buddy. yeah <laughs> like, Will you be able to play this game? Yeah, Mm. exactly. Uh, Now we're going to go very quickly through our plan for E3 2018. Sam, bring up the screen. Here we go. So like we said earlier, we've went over some of this stuff already uh, because we've been talking about E3 throughout the show, but we're going to run you through it really quickly. Like we said tomorrow, we're not doing anything for EA. Uh, We will be on the site and we'll be watching the live stream with you guys on Sifted, but we're not doing like a live hangout or post-show analysis. We're going to save that for Sunday, June 10th, which is this Sunday. At 12.45 we'll go live. We'll probably talk about what happened at EA leading up to the Xbox show. Then the Xbox show kicks off at 1 p.m. Matt and I will be here watching it live with you with our live reactions. Once it ends, we'll have a half hour of analysis after the press conference is over. Then we all get a big break. So it'll probably end around 2.30. And then at 6.15 we'll be back and we'll do a pre-show for Bethesda. Hopefully nothing is leaked during that time. Or hopefully something has leaked during that (laughs) time. Uh, But we'll get you warmed up for Bethesda with a 15-minute pre-show. And then Bethesda kicks off at 6.30 p.m. Pacific on Sunday evening. That's 9.30 Eastern for those of you on the East Coast. Um, And we'll watch that press conference with you guys live. You'll see our live reactions. And then we'll do another half hour of analysis after that. Monday, June 11th, is the big day three press conferences that day. Uh, We'll kick things off at a quarter to 10. We'll do a Square Enix pre-show. Then at 10 a.m., we'll do the hangout with you guys and analysis. Then we have a little bit of a break, but not much. There aren't any big breaks on Monday. Um, Then at 12.45, we get on to talk about the Ubisoft pre-show. Show Show starts at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll do the hangout for the live show, and then we'll do analysis. And then at 5.45 p.m. on Monday, probably the biggest press conference of all of E3, Sony's press conference. We may actually start the pre-show for that maybe a little earlier, because chances are some stuff is going to be coming out in these other Mm -hmm. press conferences before that. Um, And then at 6 p.m., Sony kicks off probably about an hour and a half, so around 7.30 Pacific, we'll start doing our analysis of Sony. And then Tuesday morning... It'll be me solo, but I will be watching live with you guys the Nintendo press conference. In fact, we did it this way last year. It was just me. I'll be doing the Nintendo press conference. I'll, talk, I'll get you guys all greased up and excited for Nintendo for about 15 Yeesh. minutes before. <laughs> and then rumors are saying that the Nintendo pre-recorded Direct, I don't think they even call it Direct, they call it like their E3 presentation, is around 45 minutes long, which may not seem like much, but that's actually longer than it was last year. Last year's was like 27 minutes Especially or
1: Especially if they are, they're accurate in saying they're not going to do 3DS stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, yeah. And then that wraps up around 9.45 or 10 o'clock. I'll do some post-show analysis. I should also mention that we'll be answering your questions after every single press conference. So there'll be time for Q&A after each one of these, after Matt and I kind of do our analysis. And then on Tuesday, like typically every year, we would do a master stream, an E3 master stream. And what that was is I would just hook all these streams into the TriCaster, we would all hang out, you guys would tell me what streams you wanted to watch, and we would just sit there and chat about E3 for hours and hours on Tuesday. We're not doing that this year. Um, the lack of a studio definitely is a big part of that, but another part of it is you need like three like machines or PCs to be feeding the streams into the TriCaster. There's no way for us to do that. So um, once we're done with the Nintendo press conference, all our coverage is going to be from the show floor. And the big difference this year is that there is going to be a lot more coverage from the show floor this year. Uh, talking about a lot of cultural stuff, talking to the people who traveled long distances and spent large sums of money to go to E3. We want to find someone who spent $995 on the day of ticket. I mean, we're going to meet those people, absolutely. And we're going to do a lot of that stuff on Thursday instead of the first day. So that we can talk to those people after they've been there for a couple days. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of got the lay of the land. They know how much money they've spent at that point.
1: And I we'll, want to find what the one guy who's in line in the end of Nintendo's line on like Thursday morning and come back to him like once an hour. Yeah. Be like, how it now? Yeah. How do you feel now?
0: <laughs> We're going to be doing lots of fun stuff like that. We're also shooting an episode of Pactor Factor from the show floor this year, which is something we've mm. never done. I've got some other things. Michael Pactor on the floor. Yeah. Crazy. It's going to be hard to shoot because people are going to be bugging the crap out of him. Um, and then we have, I have a couple other things bubbling in the cauldron right now for uh, stuff to do on the E3 show floor. We just have to wait and see if all that stuff pans out. But anyway, that's our rough E3 schedule for E3 2018. Really hope you guys will stick around and hang around with us for this whole week. It's going to be really awesome. I am more excited for this E3 than I have been for one in a really, really long time. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, I really don't, though. It's like, Neither do I. I, don't I know. think the I think what's happening is we're starting to really see the best of software from these from generation 8 and i think everything's just kind of hitting full swing at this
1: point yeah it's, it's you're finally seeing every everybody kind of like the figure, games figure look, out the hardware they're they're making the stuff they wanted to make originally the
0: games look better play better than ever right now
1: and i think we're just in a sweet spot for
0: generation 8 and i think it's going to be a great show so There you go. Those are our plans for E3. I realize a lot of you people are going to be watching this tomorrow when EA has already started. Mm. Uh, But for those of you on the stream, you are our true hardcore OGs. I wanted to get that out to you guys uh, as soon as I could. So there you go. Now it's time for our trailer of the week. Uh, We could have chosen so many trailers for for this week. Uh, But don't nod today. uh, In a nod back to the first game we talked about in today's show, Vampire. I like how don't nod was like okay our game's out let's let's talk about our next one next yep and literally like three days later they announced its new game it's called twin mirror welcome to brasswood get those questions in the chat right now
1: this is it this is where it all ended i wonder how much things have changed It's only been a year. Sam, I'm not trying to hurt you. It feels like a lifetime. I wish I'd come back under better circumstances. What are you
2: doing back in Basswood, Sam?
1: last night? Oh shit! All that blood. And that's definitely my shirt from last night. What is this? Did I black out or what? I have to figure out what happened. Okay, wake up. Focus. Remember. One man on a quest to find his shirt. One man on a quest to find a decent graphics engine. Yeah, it's getting a little long of the tooth. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully the Don't it
0: Nod needs a new graphics engine. I don't know why they haven't just moved over to some middleware at this point. Like, I think Life is Strange 2 will probably uh, deliver on that. I mean, look, they're they're turning into like a major developer. Yeah. I mean, right in front of our eyes, it's happening. They've gone from this obscure indie team who made a pretty good adventure game with Life is Strange to... Like a team that Warner Brothers wants to pick up its games now. I mean, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think their tech is going to need to evolve if they really want to play with the big boys.
1: I think it will. But they can probably get away with it for one more game. I don't know. We'll see about that. Telltale did it for like 20, so.
0: Okay, let's get to some questions. There's already there's already ton in, tons in here before I even asked for any. Um, I saw one. Michael Jordan or LeBron? So, I know it's completely related, um, games related, but um, I've been asking basketball this question. Game. Yeah, basketball. It basketball. is a game. Good point. Uh, I used to say no way LeBron was as good as Jordan forever, and I grew up when I was a kid. We got a satellite dish when they first came out, and we could watch everything for free. Literally everything broadcast in the world for free. And that was when Michael Jordan was first coming up. And I had the ability to go and watch every single one of his games when he was like, just turning into this beast. And so I've had this affinity for Michael Jordan my entire life. And I never wanted to admit that LeBron was better than Michael Jordan, but I think I finally am willing to admit that LeBron is, is better than Michael Jordan. He's stronger, mm-hmm. his longevity seems like he's gonna be able to play at that high level much longer. I hate to say it, I've been a Jordan fan my entire life. I did not call myself like a Jordan fanboy my entire life, but I think I'm finally ready to admit that LeBron
1: is is better. I don't know anything about basketball, but call me when LeBron has a Space Jam movie. (laughs) Jordan, I I love that. (laughs) That's good. Although I have a feeling LeBron will eventually get films if he wants to do them. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't actually wouldn't surprise me if there was (laughs) a Space Jam Jam with LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, that that may happen. (laughs) It might. Like I might get that call if he ends
0: up playing for the Lakers next year. It may happen very (laughs) soon, actually. Wow, you guys have a ton of questions, man. I wish we could answer them all. Uh, Let's see. We have to answer W. Matthew's question because we literally answer one of his questions every single episode. So here it is. Um, Some people think Microsoft will drop the gold requirement for online play at E3 and merge it with Games Pass. What Mm -hmm. do you two think? Couldn't hurt. I don't think it'll happen. I I think it's
1: (laughs) too easy a free stream of revenue for them to give up. Why would Microsoft... Make online play free when Nintendo,
0: at that very moment, is going from being free to charging for it.
1: There, now there has been speculation that there might be an Xbox uh, Live uh, price drop. Uh, that won't happen either. Which, uh, unless
0: they did like a tiered thing where for twenty bucks a
1: year you can just play online, mm-hmm. and then for the other four, like, you get gold, and then this you get gold and the pa- and Game Pass. Right. Like, I could see that. Yeah, like so, like for. Maybe a little bit more than you pay now for gold, you would also get Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see them go to a tiered system, and like make that way make it like so like if you just want to pay what you pay for like Nintendo twenty bucks a year for just plain old online play, no yeah. free games, no, no Yeah, I could, I could work. But you got to realize that Xbox Live has turned into
0: Microsoft's cash cow. It is much like Apple right now. It is in the process of transforming from a software and hardware company into a services company. Um, That's really the future of almost everything at this point is can you provide a service that people are willing to pay for on a continual Mm -hmm. basis? That's where our economy's going. That's where all the American jobs are going, to be honest with you. That's just kind of the way everything is. is we're turning into a service economy. We're kind of there already.
1: Until the androids show up right. like in
0: David Cage's <laughs> game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I would be really, really shocked if they made that free. I mean, my, there's a reason Microsoft, instead of sharing how many Xbox Ones it sells, it tells you how many subscribers it has on Xbox mm. Live every month. It's, it has become its metric for which it measures itself. I just can't see it shooting itself in the foot. I just... I just don't
1: think it's going to happen. Leo Charles, who just became a Patreon backer. Leo Charles? Is that his name? Yeah. Leo Charles, thank you, thank you, thank you very
0: much, man. We really appreciate it. Welcome to the stream. Leo Charles asks,
1: a lot of exclusive Microsoft games have either been canceled or delayed. If you were chosen the CEO of Microsoft Games, what would you change in the headquarters to turn this issue around today? Do you think they are focusing on the next-gen console? That's why their releases lately have been weak compared to the competition. I said it last week, fire Phil Spencer. Mm -hmm. I was surprised, actually. That episode went up on uh,
0: YouTube. And I thought for sure that the Xbox fanboys were just going to lose it on me. But no. Hmm. I I really thought I was going to get a lot of backlash for that comment. I think he should have been let go a while ago. I I love the guy. He's been nothing but a class act Anytime I've ever been around him or interviewed him. Um, But I just think he's led Microsoft astray. Uh, The other thing I would do, as soon as Phil Spencer was gone, is I would go back to Platinum, and I would get Scalebound going again. Mm. Uh, The the big excuse they gave for canceling it was that they couldn't get it to run smoothly on Xbox One. We'd have have Xbox One X just sitting there.
1: So, yeah, that's what I would do. What about you? Yeah, and the the games that do not run smoothly on Xbox One, uh, I can't count that high. So it's not like that was a game killer for anything else. Yeah. Um, I think I would do this what Sony did in the 90s uh, when it was the PlayStation 1 was going to come out and I would throw money around to secure exclusives that I knew people wanted and would basically hold, you'd basically hold them hostage to make them buy your system. That's how exclusives work. Would you go back for the Call of Duty exclusive DLC stuff? Uh, I wouldn't go back for that so much as I would go for, I mean, I think they'd made a wise move with PUBG at the time, but then Fortnite ate everybody's lunch. Ah. Um, also, the pub, PUBG on Xbox One doesn't work right. Yeah. Like I, I saw it on Xbox One X, uh, my friend bought it and, and was playing it. He's like, it doesn't run on this. system, I'm like, that, that system runs stuff. How could it not it runs run? Runs The Witcher Three like <laughs> like, a, like butter, and it's yeah. like, how can it not run this thing? Like. The, but that's um, what happens when you have a little indie studio. Yeah. That so I think that was the right move. It. But I would do more of that. I would do crazy stuff. Like I would lock down Final Fantasy sixteen. Just throw the money in. Just throw the uh, How much money do you want to put this only on the... How much do I ma- have to pay you to make up for the lost PlayStation sales? Yeah. Like, no more timed exclusives. No, hold that thing on there and make people buy the system. That might make people so angry, though, that they would just refuse to buy an Xbox out of spite. Yeah, they'd buy it anyway. Because they, they want to play it. They probably would, ultimately. <laughs> they'd even, know. Though, even though you won't play it for another 12 years. But, I mean, the other option is, of course, to rebuild your second-party you know, world and, like, make... Because you know, the other thing was the, the Xbox 360 was... The place where everything ran the best. It was the place with the best online support. The problem is, Sony's caught up with a lot of that now. Uh, so, an ex- and and my uh, Xbox just flat out doesn't offer the best experience anymore. Even my even no, a, you're right. I had a friend who bought an Xbox One X finally, and he's like, I have 30 days to return this, and I'm thinking about doing it just because I hate the OS so much. And I'm like, you look at the OS for like you 10 can't seconds. Make, if you can make a snappy OS on the X. Right. <laughs> Well, the OS is terrible. I mean, it, it is. It really is, And it's is, like, yeah. look, if you, I mean, look, I don't care. I don't think it really, really it. matters how the hardware, how powerful the hardware is. No. I use it for 10 seconds to get into a game, and that's fine. But it's like, I st- when I'm trying to get to the store, I still mess up where I'm going and what I'm doing. It's yeah, like, it's terrible. I do the same thing. So, like, thing. It, there was an elegance to the 360 that made you want to have things on that yeah. game system. And I would come go back to that. I would go back to that drawing board. And, like, yeah, a lot of it comes down to the next system. <laughs> and not making a terrible mistake about, you know, the, the, the DRM idea that they that they made. I mean, with they kind of had
0: that chance with the X, didn't they? A little bit. To, so like, revamp the UI and make sure it was, well, they it was did, quick.
1: Well, they did revamp the UI, and it is quicker, but it's still terrible. Well, it's running on the same backbone as the yeah. prior UI. That's the problem. But, I mean, it was to the point, I mean, I don't, who knows how how accurate this is, but the 343 people were, you know, that because they're talking about patching... Master Chief Collection in July and fixing everything and like fixing, finally fixing the online. It hasn't worked for four years properly. Yeah. And they say that like one of the things that took so long is the the uh, Xbox One OS had to be fixed on the back end for them to fix whatever this prop, some of these problems were. And it's like, what? Hey, <laughs> wow. You know, and, and so, yeah. Um, fixing it immediately I don't know what else you do other than throw money at the problem uh, fixing it in the long term like you just you just gotta go back to what, the drawing it's board just and do hilarious. Microsoft
0: it built its business on an operating system yep. it's insane yep it is insane.
1: Then again, Microsoft, you know, Windows 10 isn't a freaking joy either. Dude, so. just put Windows on it. It's got to be better than that. Yeah, but it's, it's also like it's a vestige of that period where everything was a touchscreen and a I connect know. thing. Windows 8, know? yeah. Like, like, you know, the Metro interface. And it's just like, it's gonna, you know, they got to move it's away from that without looking like they're fleeing. And so I think the next system should have a, a better interface on it. But yeah, they're uh, they're kind of in a hole right now. I don't know how I'd fix that other than just throwing money in exclusives. Here's one from Damp
0: Tow Man. I believe Damp Tow Man was someone I tried to hook up a game of uh, Mario Tennis Aces with. We were unable to play. Uh, but anyway, his question is: Tony Hawk said he was working on a new game with a publisher other than Activision. Knowing that, and that Skate 3 servers were, were restored this week, do you think Skate 4 could be revealed tomorrow? Yes, I think it could be revealed tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think it will? Mm, I don't know. Skate 3 servers went back up. They did, but isn't. They're doing something. I mean, didn't they just... Isn't Skate 3 this like backwards, backwards compatible? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's yeah, why but, they put
1: it up. Yeah, but it's, I think that's also testing the water a little bit. Maybe not tomorrow we would hear about it, but like I think, I think Skate 4 is bubbling somewhere.
0: Here's the thing. There's a reason that Tony Hawk isn't making a skateboarding game with Activision. It's because skateboarding games don't sell anymore, and Activision doesn't mm-hmm. want to make them anymore. So... I think whatever developer or publisher Tony's talking to, I don't think it's going to be like a major... It's going to be like Focus Home Interactive or something like that (laughs) that puts out the next Tony Hawk game. Um, I would be really surprised if Skate 4 is announced tomorrow. Uh, EA has flat out denied it on Twitter that they're not working... They said they're not working on it, or it said it's not working on it. I mean, I don't believe that necessarily. A lot of times publishers will say that, and then two days later they're like, here it is, surprise! Hmm. And that's possible, but I I just don't think the economics of Skate makes sense. And uh, EA is a bottom line <laughs> company. <laughs> I think if there's one thing we all know about EA at this point, is that it's all about the bottom line. Yeah. And I don't think it, that math works out for them. Let's answer a couple more. Yeah. Toothless. So many, you guys. Man, I wish we could answer them all. Toothless it Gibbon... This shows that you're
1: hyped for E3, though. Toothless Gibbon asks, uh, what conference do you think FromSoft's new game will be at? He thinks Microsoft. No. I think Sony, no question. If, if
0: it's going to be at a press conference, it'll be at Sony's. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, although the, there was a leak uh, on
0: unless Bill t- Spencer's doing what we're talking about. There was
1: also a quick uh, pro- uh, t- t- uh, was it Twitch's E3 s- streaming schedule. Uh, from software was briefly listed on the schedule and then they pulled it off and put up a new one without from software, but it was listed um, on the stream for 5 to 6 pm before the Sony conference on Sunday. Uh, Pacific time, obviously. Very so along along with I think uh, a couple other, th- I think Devolver was in there, and it was like the, the kind of the independent stuff in there a little bit. But it was it was listed on the on the scheduled appearances on Twitch's official like schedule thing between five and six before the Sony conference. Um, so probably there sounds legit. <laughs> uh, we'll answer one more. Oh, I see
0: someone here said Tomb Raiders is saying Scalebound was canceled because Platinum was using money. Given to them by Microsoft to fund Scalebound on near automata? I don't understand what that means.
1: Um, Whatever. Sounds like the Platinum was spending money that was supposed to be for Scalebound to make near automata. Hey, 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 we just got a new subscriber through Twitch Prime. Let's see if I can spell it right. Is it Chow?
0: I think a- it's C- Chow F0914. CIA F0914. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your subscription. And, uh, it makes me feel good to know that uh, we're making your commute to work and back much better. Thank you, guys. Um, let's see. We'll get one more before we say goodnight. Any chance you could challenge Easy Allies to an E3 fantasy draft? That's not yeah. a bad idea, actually. Um, they already do their like betting thing. I, I don't, still don't understand what that whole betting thing is. I don't get it. Uh, I've tried to watch a couple of them, and it seems like it goes so long. I just could never figure it out. Thanks to Casuality
1: for just subscribing with Twitch Prime.
0: Yep, thank you. Uh, here's one from Ryan Eleven or One Seventeen Smith. Uh, today's high score not a thing until you guys get another studio. I'm still trying to figure out how to do today's high score without the studio. Uh, that was one of the shows that really needed it, um, and you'd know why if I showed you what the setup was while I did that show. It was insane. It was like uh, I was like the mad scientist at this lab of like transistors and wires Uh, and i'm trying to figure out a way to do it at home um it's it's tough the logistics of it are difficult the you basically need like three pc setups all at once to make it work and uh, i just don't have the space at home to do it i'm trying to figure it out i know a lot of you guys really like the show i really liked doing the show with you guys having you guys be a part of it so i'm never i'm not going to say it's dead or it's gone i'm going to keep trying to figure out a way to do it so um but yeah, as of right now, I guess what I'd say is it's on, a, on hiatus. One more. Where's Agent? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was someone's question. Where's Agent? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours. Good question. That really might be vaporware. Um, there's so many. Okay, here's one from Jay Reed Vic 7 the last question of the night. What's the best, worst reason historically you passed on buying or playing a particular game or genre? Any instances you regretted passing on a game? Mm. Does it mean we had to pass on it and never play it?
1: I don't know. Because sometimes I,
0: mean, I, I had to make a choice between one game or another,
1: and yeah. I would choose one, and then I would eventually got back to play the other. I mean, to regret it, you'd have to play it eventually and realize you were wrong. Right, it, yeah, that's right? a good point, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess... The Dark Souls games to some degree, where I finally finally clicked with me on Dark Souls 2, but I feel like I had to go through like bouncing off of Demon's Souls and Dark Souls 1 to get it. You know, I had to go through that process, and so like I couldn't, it wasn't gonna happen otherwise. And finally, after shoving my way through Dark Souls 2, suddenly it clicked and I went back to Demon's Souls and Dark Souls, and I, I could play them now. It was like, it was like, it was like, I don't know, it was like suddenly you learning how to whistle. You know, yeah. it was like suddenly, oh, I get it. You can't explain to someone how to whistle. You just sort of like, oh, OK, now I get it. And uh, so I guess I regret the time I missed not playing those games when like they were the hot new thing. But at the same time, I don't know if there's anything I could have done about it.
0: Yeah. I don't regret anything. <laughs> <laughs> I regret nothing. I, regret. I really don't. I have very few regrets in life. Uh, even if, I, if someone looked at me outwardly and said, you made the wrong decision,
1: I'd be like, you may be right, but I ended up doing okay. Uh, I, wish, I wish I, it's like, it's like things where like, I just don't, I'm not the kind of person that would do, like I wish I got super into an MMO and got like super high tier and played raids and did all the cool yeah. stuff in the game. But I'm just not, I can't play the same thing every night. Really. Yeah. I mean, I, and I can't expect a group of people to like say, oh, was he going to show up tonight? I don't know. It's like, that's not fair to anybody. So I just never play those games. Like, Here, so, here's
0: the thing about regret. There's nothing you can do about it. So I try not to regret anything. I I just try to deal Mm. with the consequences of my decisions the best I can because once you've made a decision, there's no going back and doing it again and getting all bent out of shape over it and uh, saying, oh, I should have done this or I should have. It doesn't help you at all. Um, So I try not to have any regrets. I've also been very lucky, obviously, the last 20 years. I've. Being able to play whatever I wanted to, and if like I did make a mistake, like i just go into the library at GT and, and rectify the mistake and play the game that I didn't choose to play. Uh, there are times in my career where um, I wish I had chosen other games to review, mm. but I was in the enviable position at GT where I could pick which games I actually wanted to play for review. Um, and obviously, I didn't give myself all the good ones, although I think a lot of people at GT would accuse me of that. Um, but there were times where I was like, oh, I'll let somebody play this one, and I chose another one, and it ended up not being anywhere near as good. There's stuff like that, but otherwise,
1: I, yeah. I, I can't really. I mean, again, it. I really feel like I've played almost everything imaginable. Yeah. At the funny some, thing was, sometime or another.
0: The funny thing was, when I was at GT, um, you know, people won't be honest with you when you're the boss. Like, mm-hmm. they're just like, you're my boss, and you control whether I get raises or promotions or whatever. So they always act like you're awesome and that everything you do is awesome. And as a supervisor, you, you know that. You're like, yeah, you take what your employees say with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. you're their boss. And so what you do as a boss is, if you end up becoming friends with their significant others, you talk to them. <laughs> and, and I do remember one time we were out at a bar for some kind of a GT event, and I'm not gonna say whose girlfriend I spoke to, but I spoke to a girlfriend and I was like, what do my guys really think of me? And she said, they love you, but they say you take all the good games,
1: <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I, I used it to have, could be a lot worse." <laughs> I wasn't the boss, but I used to have the opposite problem. Where like I, I like to do reviews and stuff, and every once in a while, like there was a thing in the late period where I, I became more senior, and like there was, a, "Oh, you can't spend all your time doing reviews because, like, you know, you need to run the show, basically." Yeah. And sometimes I do stuff, and one of the things like I I loved reviewing bad games, yeah. like because well, on X Play, because they're the easiest thing to write. Yeah, it, the know? the
0: hardest part of working on X Play. Was reviewing good games. Yeah.
1: Five out of fives are the hardest things to write.
0: Impossible, because they demanded that the stuff be funny. Mm-hmm. And so, like, after a while, I gave up in all honesty. Like, after a while, I was like, yeah. "Look."
1: Uh, uh, well, by the end, it was just like be earnest. That yeah. was, like, we we stopped trying to be like crazy you know, find something to make it funny. It was not as forced, but like, I loved. Also, but when doing I left, that-, that wasn't the case. Though. No, when I left, it, was, was that, still, it came like, years later. Every segment needs to be funny, and even before I left,
0: I got to the point where I would talk to our producer. And I'd be like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to go after this low-hanging fruit for comedy when we have this awesome game here that we need to tell people the game is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hate me for it or whatever. It's like when we try to be funny with five out of five games, it's pathetic. And so I'm instead going... Although guy Den
1: worked out pretty
0: well. It did. That's one of the few, though. (laughs) Like, it was hard to come up with funny stuff when a
1: game's great. You want to tell people why it's awesome. So Well, we always had kind of, you know... And we wouldn't have that fight now, but like there was always that fight. It was, Like you know, game footage is boring. Right. Yeah. No one cares about the games. They want to watch entertaining show, yeah. and it's just like and now, of course, Twitch. It, the look, it did that. work. But like I mean, obviously it, it worked. X
0: Play became a hit, and it was a X-play top-rated show. X Play was on show. the air for ten years. Yeah. Like
1: it was. It was not a. That's yeah. crazy amount of time for a magazine format. Joe. Absolutely. Especially so. in the in the internet era, we yep. did 1,300 True. episodes. No regrets on that one, but. Yep. Um, I always wanted to do the bad games because they're more fun to review. They're, right? they're fun, and yeah. usually my bosses would not let me do it because they're like, "We don't want to waste your time. Like, we'll, we'll let you review like the top tier, like A list stuff, because like we want those to be reviewed well and and written well. We're legit. But yeah. like, we're not going to let you waste your time reviewing the GI Joe game. We're going to let know? you have fun at work. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> And so I wish I'd gotten to review to. some of the games that I knew were going to be stinkers. That have been fun to like really yeah. roast, but I never got to do that. We always gave those game to freelancers
0: usually. Yeah, yeah, that's how it
1: worked. So that's it. That's game phase one thirty one. Another long episode,
0: but hey, it's E three Eve. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's like Christmas Eve for us right now. One three
1: one E three Eve. Yeah, E yeah. <laughs> three Eve. Out.
0: <laughs> Tomorrow, all our dreams come true. No, all your it's, dreams no, come true. EA. Through. What it's the EA? The no, no dreams coming true. How about this? Beginning tomorrow, all our dreams start becoming true.
1: Yeah. Eh. We'll see. Anyway, we'll see, we'll see what Anthem turns out to be. Yeah, exactly. So we'll anyway, we responds Star Wars game turns out to be. <laughs> Thanks for being
0: on the stream tonight. It looks like we had a really, really good crowd. You guys asked tons of questions. Again, I wish we could have answered them all. Uh, thank you for all your support. There's a ton of content on Sifted, by the way. Go watch all that stuff. I busted my ass on it. Uh, so go watch all that stuff. Um, We'll try to get this thing up as early as possible tomorrow, but there's only so much you can do when you're trying to render a three-hour show. Yep. But uh, yeah, this will be up tomorrow if you got in late on the show and you want to catch the rest of it, probably around 11 a.m. Pacific-ish, something like that. So anyway, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, subscribe to Twitch Prime Fools. It costs you nothing. It takes a minute. You can give us $2.50, and you can make sure that you keep getting Pactor Factor and Game Phase. For all you other guys, you're just all awesome. Thank you for contributing to our Patreon and supporting us in any way you can. You guys are awesome. Hope you are ready for E3. We are. Wonder Twins are about to activate. Game face is up and out.